excited about this topic dude are you yeah i was looking over the notes today i was like oh this is gonna be really good there's a lot of goodies there's a lot i'm excited because this is this was your pick because you got this plant and you were like i know nothing about it i was like well we should fucking talk about it it's weird how i didn't i didn't like go to like a like you know how you get like your herbs and stuff at like a lowe's or like a home depot or something like that it found you it found me i don't think I don't think they sell mugwort at any kind of like nursery. Have you ever seen mugwort in like a nursery? Where do like people get it from? They just I, find see, it in the wild? I, I guess. guess. So when when we were planting our wisteria, we were in the backyard, my backyard, mm-hmm. and I just looked at the grass and I was like, hey, is that mugwort? And Avi was like, mug what? <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> He's like, what the hell's mugwort? I was like, it's the witch's herb. <laughs> <laughs> How is your wisteria? Um, the blooms kind of went away. Mm-hmm. The plant is still green, still kicking, still doing good. So I guess it's just past the... Uh, it's past the bloom stage. It's past the blooming stage, I guess. So I don't know. Hopefully next year it'll get bigger and... It absolutely will. Yeah, it should grow pretty good this summer. Did you end up putting it on the trellis against your... House? No, it's just a little small tree in the ground right now. It's not that big. Um, okay. Yeah. It, once we notice it's starting to grow, maybe we'll put a trellis in there. So back to the mugwort. You saw it in the yard and you were yeah. like, is that motherfucking mugwort? Yeah, that's exactly. I was like, is that motherfucking mugwort? <laughs> and you plucked it from its habitat and you put it in a pot and you said, you are mine. That's exactly what I did. I dug it up. I tried to salvage the roots. And then I filled a little pot with some potting soil, some dirt, and mm-hmm. I just packed it in real nice, gave it a nice mm-hmm. little watering. You tucked it in. I, t- I tucked it in. I put it up by my other herbs on my deck with, you know, all my garden herbs. And uh, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if it was going to take. I thought maybe it could just wilt and just that. That's it. That it was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would just be like, all right, I tried. Mm-hmm. And it did wilt for like the next couple days. I guess yeah. it was establishing its roots. It was in shock. I just dug it out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but then after a few waters, it sprung back to life. And now it's like multiplied. Dude. It's amazing. That's awesome. It shows yeah. you. It's like, you are a witch. Uh-huh. You can take care of me. I shall be fruitful and multiply. But we're going to find, isn't it invasive? We're going to talk about that a little um, bit pretty sure yes it's actually i think it's illegal to grow in new york because it's so invasive but not jersey not jersey no funny though when i pointed it out to avi he was like oh you know what that is oh you could use that he's like i just thought it was a weed i just kept i was mowing over it he can't he's been it's been in the same spot i don't know how long but apparently he's been mowing over it and it's been growing back (laughs) <laughs> it probably like does that thing where it's like the hydra. If you cut uh-huh. off its head, it just keeps like multiplying and getting. Yeah, big. but it's beautiful. I was 
was like, I've never seen mugwort in the wild and it's here in my backyard. What? Yay. I mean, it must be true that a witch lives here because it's the fucking witch's herb. So I don't know what to do with it. I've never used mugwort herbally before. So I guess we're going to learn how to use it today. So I don't kill myself. That's right. That's right. It was perfect <laughs> timing. Cause you were like, I found this thing. I don't know anything about it. I was like, girl, we have a whole podcast and it shows up in the books and the movies. So we might as well fucking talk about it. Yeah, but like funny enough though, it doesn't really show up that much, which no, I thought it would have shown up a lot more, at least in the books. I mean, we know of the one mention in the movie, but I thought for sure it would have shown up more in the books, but it doesn't. It, right, right. Only like two out of four books too. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, of course. I, I kind of feel like I was pulling it out of my ass afterward. I, when I was doing like the book searches, um, you know, just the magnifying glass thing, I was like, uh, do we have anything to talk about? Did we make he this sure up? Is. Did we make this up? Am I imagining it being in the story at all? Uh-huh. Sure is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But it definitely is in the movie. Um, so hold on, let me go back to my notes. I know I didn't even open mine. We're just I'm excited today. I'm we're excited just, to talk uh, to you because I missed you. We're riffing right now. Yeah. I missed you too. How was your trip? How was your uh getaway? You went away this weekend? Right? It was lovely. It was the most relaxing thing. My husband was on a work trip and I didn't my our, my property guests left. My neighbors were gone. I was like, I don't want to be here alone. So they have a mountain house up in Boone and um, they're in their seventies, but they're like, they are me and Aaron in the future. It's Aww. really, really weird how similar yeah. we all are. Um, so I went up and hung out with them and we had a little full moon, like just listened to awesome music and drank and Aww. had great food. Clyde is an amazing um, chef. And oh, then yeah. the next day I just fully harnessed my old lady the old lady within me was primed uh because we got up I just got up slowly we had pancakes for breakfast and then Tom and I took my diggity for a walk came back from the walk I started to read a little bit but then my eyes started getting heavy I was Mm -hmm. like I'm just gonna lay my head down on the couch I thought I no it was it was like nine o'clock in the morning wait what wait what time did you fall asleep this was Sunday. So Sunday morning, I got up, we took the walk. It was still really early. It was about nine o'clock. We got back from the walk. So between 9.30 till about 11 o'clock in the morning, I had taken a nap. Oh, wow. So you woke up and then back went back to sleep. I woke up again and I read a little bit more. And by that time it was time to go get some lunch. So we okay. got lunch and just had the most relaxing day. And I like hanging out with them because we just all three of us just like our our easy company and we could be quiet all of us were just reading enjoying each other's company we didn't that. have to say anything it was so quiet yeah it was beautiful so yeah. i really harnessed my old lady i love that yeah i i mean i'm a talker you're a talker but i do love my silence and i can't stand being around people that feel the need to fill that silence all the time mm-hmm. i love my mother to death but she's one of those people who doesn't know how to shut the fuck up <laughs> She, is she like, a Gemini? She's a Gemini, no, right? She's a Taurus. She's, like, she's a Taurus. Oh, oh my but she, gracious. She's got the gift of the gab. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. I'm just like, would you shut up, please? There's um, some we went on people, a trip though. Once. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, we went on a trip once, and me and Avi were laughing the whole time because every little every little thing we drove – okay, this we, we, we drove to North Carolina. This is like an eight-plus-hour drive, right? Yeah. Like, is she going to – is she going to just like chill and just like listen to something or read a book or like every time we pass like a cow, she's like, Oh my God, a cow. Oh my God, a barn. Oh my God. <laughs> it's just like, dude. I think, did she tell me this? And Avi was like, watch, I bet she's going to say something about whatever. And she did. 
<laughs> She's just always got something to say about something. So it's funny. There are some people that you like talking to. And when there is a silence, it's, you feel like you need to fill it. But the, I was yeah. just so relaxed. I was like, we don't need to talk about shit. And we all kind of were a little hungover anyway. So it's like, we don't need to talk about it. No. Yeah. And my dad is a complete, oh wait, hold on. Big truck. You hear that? Big truck pause. You hear that? Yeah. Oh, the garbage truck is right in front of my house. So hold on. Give it. <laughs> okay. They're taking the trash. They're taking all your cigarette butts. They're, they're taking all Punky's family. All the poops. His family. <laughs> yeah, the trash is his family. <laughs> he lives in the trash can. That is so fucking loud. Yeah, it is loud. Um, but I was gonna say my dad's the complete opposite. Because like me and my dad could just like sit in complete silence for mm-hmm. hours. Or just like listen to like music or cook or something. And mm-hmm. he's just like he's fine with not talking. So you have a little more of your mom when it comes to you and Avi. Like Avi's a good like is which one of you is more talkative oh we both don't shut the fuck up okay (laughs) (laughs) so it's just but i guess my mom and dad balance each other out he's a libra so he's very okay relaxed yeah and my mom is just like go 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 if we do like i said if we go to salem together (laughs) avi is in for it what were you doing Um, I, we were listening to the Wisteria episode in the car the other day. Yeah. And he was just like, oh my God. <laughs> I was telling him that you said that. I was like, Christina's like, when we go to Salem, you're going to be so sorry. You're with the both of us. <laughs> and he was like, you guys are idiots. I'm just imagining the, like, not reconciliation. I'm imagining the revelations that we are going to have just like, just talking, just, you know, mm-hmm. and all of the stuff that we're going to piece together being in the same room. Whether or not it's we talk about practice, it's all connected. Whether or not we talk about practical magic or not, it's uh-huh. going to be a different vibe, you know, right? being together. Yeah. It is. It's everything's different when you're in person and we'll be in Salem, the most magical place on earth. It is the real life Diagon Alley. Are we going to have to come out with some kind of announcement before this episode drops? Because y'all, we're trying to do Salem. We're trying to and finally love- meet I would love if anybody wants to come meet us. That's where we'll be. So we're going to try to organize this a yeah. little better. So if you're interested, yeah. we're working on it. <laughs> All right. We should probably talk about mugwort today. <laughs> Let's get into the mugwort. Yes. All right. I'm ready. Do that. So, so yeah. So I found some mugwort in my yard, replanted it. It's doing great. But let's teach Justina how to use this shit so I don't <laughs> off myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. So is this um, technically, I know we've done wisteria and we did lilac, but those technically aren't herbs. And we're trying to continue to add herbal, like an herb, create an herbal grimoire. So we had belladonna and now we have mugwort. Have we had any other herbs in between? I don't think so. So this is our technically, technically our second herb that we're adding to our grimoire. All right, so before we dive into where it appears in the story, we want to introduce this herb and- Wait, take- wait, wait, we gotta oh. do our patron. Oh, how do we forget that? How do we forget Mandy? Mandy. We have a patron and Mandy. she is better known as the Pickety Pumpkin on Instagram. And we mentioned her before in another episode. She's got the coolest fucking Instagram aesthetic. It's beautiful. It's if you love Halloween, you will love her Instagram feed. What moon phase are we in right now? I'm letting the F-bombs fly. I think it's waning. 
everywhere for some reason i'm it's, just it's waning right now um, did jazzed. you see the moon last night it was beautiful it was you could see how red it was we just came off the heels of that wicked strawberry moon strawberry moon is my favorite fucking moon i yeah i just get so excited for it because i know the solstice is coming so didn't you have some special strawberry moon stuff on your bohemian magic yeah, I just did a little sticker sheet and I usually try to get something up for the strawberry moon. So for this past post, I did like a whole like little section of my past strawberry moon content. I've done strawberry oh. popping. I've done tons of strawberry recipes. I've done a strawberry moon milk recipe, a fruit leather, a, a, like a sponge cake or something like that. Um, what else? Delicious. We got to link all that stuff. If yeah, you guys we'll want it. any of that, we'll link it below. Go to yeah. Justina's Bohemian Magic Patreon page. Great for the solstice. But yeah. our patron, Mandy, thank you so much for being a part of our, our neighborhood and yeah. Amelia Street and supporting us and the family. Welcome to the block party. We need a <gasps> shirt. We need a shirt that says welcome to the block. Oh, my God. That I love that. I love that yeah. so very much. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about that witchy as hell little plant called mugwort. And as we said, Justina... So where is your where is your plant living now? It's on your plant stand out that you made. Um, it's it's on the other side by the above ground planter, the cedar planter that we have. It's on the floor oh, yeah. right now. Um, okay. but it's still grown wild on the side of my house. There's still more. I even found more over by the rock garden that we built that I showed okay. you. It spread. It's it it went to the other side of okay. that little garden. So it flowers too, right? It's going to be it? pretty when it flowers. It's. I thought it was a flowering plant. Okay. If Avi would look, fucking let it grow longer. <laughs> I guess we'll find out because it's in the pot. I have it in the pot. Okay. So I'm just going to let that go and see what that does. Um, but yeah, as far as the one in the grass, it doesn't grow too much because he mows over it. So I wonder if he would could like leave you a little square foot patch. Like just Ooh. give me a little patch and and see how that does outside. And then you can kind of gauge like its cycle, how long it lives till. Are you going to maybe bring it inside when it cools down in the winter? Probably should. The only thing about my house is that we're surrounded by trees. So we don't get a lot of sun in the house. So I don't even know what window I would put it in. And the only window that does get sun is like doors. Like got it. going to be opening them and closing them. Mm -hmm. So I can't really leave them in the way of... You know, and also cats. I don't want them eating yeah. shit. You know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it's okay. it's hard to keep stuff alive in the house in the winter time. So before we dive into where it appears in the story, we want to introduce this herb and tell you just a little bit about it, because um, sometimes we just dive right in. But we also wanted to state that this herb is one of those heavy hitters that requires a little disclaimer. Um, so if you're new here, we want to let you know if you've never used mugwort before, if you're trying to become pregnant or stay pregnant. Stay away from this herb. It is an abortive. We are not doctors, so consult our, our show disclaimer for any further information. But we wanted to put that out there first, that this will mess with your guts and yeah. your bebes. So it be will. Careful. But if you're not pregnant, it actually, there people use it, I guess, for female, um, any kind of feminine issues, cramps, menstru menstruation, menstrual cramps, anything relating to your cycle. It actually can help with that if you are not pregnant. So we're also getting into some of the good stuff good. and the bad stuff. We're, we'll get into all of that a little bit later. But yeah, um, do do use your discretion when using any kind of herb that you either find or harvest or whatever. So yes, just wanted to put that out there. All right. So Artemisia 
vulgaris is the common mugwort, and it's a species of flowering plant in the daisy family, the Asteraceae family. So they have some AKA names. We have cronewort, we got chrysanthemum weed, common artemisia, felon weed, French tobacco, mugweed, wild chrysanthemum, common wormwood, wild wormwood, and we'll get into that in a minute because there's some confusion there. There's sailor's tobacco, St. John's plant, not to be confused with St. John's wart. Okay, then we got, get this, we got, are you listening? We got naughty man. <laughs> I am. I was, just, I was just looking through this because I didn't, I have my uh, Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs by Scott Cunningham. I didn't even, didn't even look. I didn't even look at this, but a lot of the, a lot of these names, it's like I'm seeing a lot of the same stuff in here. So I'm just seeing okay. if what you have kind of matches up with this. Okay. So it's also known as Old Man, Old Uncle Henry, <laughs> Muggins. That's in here. <laughs> Is Muggins in there? Uh-huh. And even um, Artemis, because its name is Artemisia vulgaris, and it's associated with the Greek goddess of the hunt. So the origin of the name, it, mugwort is a cousin, actually, of wormwood and St. John's wort, but with significantly different chemical constituents. Oh, it has an enduring history of traditional use right across the ancient world from the Americas to China. Around a thousand years ago, medieval brewers used mugwort to make beer or ale called Groot, G-R-U-I-T, Gruit. Because this beer was served and enjoyed in a mug. That's why it's called Muggins or Mugwort. I love that. It is thought that is how Mugwort got its name. Wort meaning plant or herb in Old English. That's interesting. So if they use Mugwort to make beer, I wonder if they were just like tripping balls on that beer. Right. Right, right. Right. Know. Because as we're going to read a little later, Mugwort is kind of a hallucinogenic okay like it's been known to well for one cause very vivid dreams i know people use it in dream magic lucid dreaming all that stuff mm -hmm. but it has like psychotropic properties yeah yeah so we'll get into that a little bit later on what um, a so... baller time to live in i know right <laughs> and and i guess yeah it that makes sense because being the being that it is the cousin of wormwood mm -hmm. wormwood is actually super hallucinogenic as we've seen in, uh, was it Moulin Rouge, the Green Fairy, when they're drinking the absinthe yeah. and they're all oh. tripping balls and Kylie Minogue is what? like, what's up guys on the Green Fairy? Yeah. Such a good movie. Oh, good. Well, that fucking <laughs> movie. Um, have you ever had absinthe? No, I haven't. Have you? you? Had? Yeah. Well, nowadays they take out the wormwood, mm -hmm. so it's not hallucinogenic anymore. No fuck. But I guess you could add your own in. But I guess you can add your own shit, right? Um, but, but yeah, it is, it's got like a licorice kind of taste, mm -hmm. um, kind of like an anise. I, I would definitely try it. It's an experience. It's like really cool how they pour it. Mm -hmm. Like, have you ever seen it being made or poured? Like they have like this big decanter filled with like ice water. And then they have like a little fork thing that they put over the glass and they put a little sugar cube on top of it. And then they pour the spigot on top of, they like, they let it just like drip on top of the uh, sugar cube. So it like, kind of like dissolves it slowly but they set it on fire they set the sugar cube on fire first so it's like cool and it's like on fire before it like finally melts into the glass dude do you want to do absinthe in salem if we could yeah we could probably find somewhere that has it i i had it in new york for the first time when we had it i think they're beautiful like the whole setups are just like how yeah. they're how it's laid out is you're right it's a experience it, it is like. it's it's more of an experience just than just like going to a bar and be like, oh, I'll have an absinthe. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it's not, it's not like that. It's like, <laughs> they just it give is. you some creme de menthe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is. It's a, it's an experience and it's so cool. Um, so 
I'm, I'm like, yeah, why couldn't you add some, like, mugwort to your fucking absinthe if you make your own absinthe? I don't know. I don't um, know. We're not doctors. Don't listen to us. We're not doctors. We're not, we're not bartenders either. So don't, yeah, yeah don't, don't listen to anything we say. Dude, wouldn't it be, co- real quick, wouldn't it be kind of cool to interview a bartender who does work with, like, herbs, like, in, in their Ooh, I like your thinking. Process. Yeah. Like, herbs you wouldn't think of, like, the shit we're talking about. I think it'd be really cool. Be really freaking cool. Is there a name for that? There's a name for that. Mixologist? There? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it would be cool to to talk to somebody who uses like the witchier herbs and and cocktails. That would be really cool. Yeah. So mugwort, as we just mentioned, is often confused with wormwood and St. John's wort. And later on, we will explain why these plants are often confused and also give you all the differences as to how you can tell them apart. But for now, we're going to jump right into the movie and book mentions. And there's not that many, um, but I guess we'll start with the movie. In the movie, the aunts, where we see this mention, the aunts have returned from their summer solstice trip with Sally's young daughters, and they welcome Jillian, whom they have not seen in years. So Aunt Franny hugs Jillian and notices the massive shiner on her cheek and says, a little mugwort will fix that right up. And then Jet follows that up with, don't you worry, dear. Whoever he was, he'll get what he deserves. And that's at 43 minutes and 59 seconds in the film, if you want to go check that out. That's the only mention, right, in the movie? That's it. And she's like, Kylie, let's go to the garden. And I don't know what the fuck she says after that. (laughs) Yeah, so she's probably, she probably goes to get it, but we don't actually see her harvesting any mugwort. No, unfortunately, no. But soon after that, Jillian's bruise does start to diminish. Right. Yeah. And I had never heard of mugwort being used for any healing, like skin healing aids. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you, you hear about comfrey being knit bone and it does help with bruising and like, or calendula, but um, it does have some antibacterial antifungal healing properties. And I heard about this, I give credit to, they're called uncle Bob's magical cabinet. And they do a lot of pop culture stuff. They've done a Practical Magic episode. So they're a podcast. They're a podcast. They've also done an episode about Sally's herbal remedies. So they touched on mugwort saying that in old, more like folkloric text, it has been used for skin healing properties. But I found a little bit more about it. And I guess it's kind of gaining popularity in Korean skincare. I kind of want you to read this because I fucking see Korean down there. <laughs> you think I know Korean? <laughs> Christina's like, oh, Justina's got this. It's Korean. It's fine. She, she's she's a she's a, a Korean professional. Connoisseur. Connoisseur. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I can try. I can try. Just hop in whenever. <laughs> if you need, if you need me, let me know. Okay. The antioxidant-rich weed has been known to have calming and soothing effects on any kind of inflamed or angry, hot skin. You can buy mugwort masks and oils on the market for your skin nowadays. And in Korea, mugwort is regarded as a healing herb for the antibacterial, antifungal, and skin protective properties, known as souk, S-S-U-K. Legend has it that mugwort was behind the creation of the first Korean dynasty, according to Janelle Kim, an herbalist. According to Korean mythology, a bear and a tiger wanted to become human. So Hwanyang, the son of the Lord of Heaven, tested them by putting them in a cave with some mugwort and garlic and told them to stay there for 100 days. The bear had enough after 21 days, but the bear stayed patient and was turned into a woman named Hwanyang, who later gave birth to Dengun. 
who formed the first Korean dynasty, Gojoseon. You did really, really good there. <laughs> you did really well. Thanks, Mom. You Are you fluent in Korean? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I am now. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks to its soothing anti-inflammatory properties, mugwort targets dry and irritated skin effectively. Okay. New York City-based dermatologist Rachel Nazarin says it's even suitable. Go on. Come on. Just go. <laughs> cats. Sorry, guys. Cats. Go. <laughs> the listeners are like, whoa, whoa, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Says, uh, so Rachel, uh, the dermatologist Rachel Nazarin says it's even a suitable treatment for skin conditions such as eczema or atopic dermatitis and psoriasis. To get more technical, uh, King cites vitamin E as a component of mugwort and which helps skin retain moisture. Mugwort can also relieve redness on the skin. So like we're already, it's kind of making sense why she would say- Put that on a shiner. Mugwort. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the herb also has soothing, protective powers fit for mature skin too. Mouse and cell-based trials, all right, so we're getting into animal testing here though, okay. reveal that mugwort acts as an antioxidant helping prevent damage caused by ultraviolet rays as well as a collagen stimulator to help reduce the appearance of fine lines. Uh, Lane explains, with this in mind, Kim says mugwort also makes the skin look more radiant, probably because that collagen is yeah being built back up. So I thought that was really interesting. That is really interesting. I had just heard the Uncle Bob's podcast say that in passing. And I'm like, where? I've never seen this. I got to dig a little bit. So that's what I had found. Yeah, on. so you went down the rabbit hole a little bit. That's cool. Which is not what I usually do. I'm like, nah, Justina will take care of it. <laughs> Justina will take care of the Korean. She's fluent. She's fluent. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Um. All right. So we're going to get into the book mentions, which aren't that many. Okay. Mm-mm. Nothing in the first Practical Magic book. Nothing at all. Nothing. Right. But then we see it in Rules of Magic and Magic Lessons, both times in reference to a tea. So in Rules of Magic on page 94, he, talking about Vincent, didn't need the clairvoyant tea Aunt Isabel concocted out of mugwort, thyme, yarrow, and rosemary. He didn't need Jet's empathy or Franny's curiosity. This one was obvious. And then in Magic Lessons, Maria's story, on page 246, it says clairvoyant tea concocted from mugwort and rosemary and anise, which helped the drinkers see beyond the curtain of the here and now. So both times, they're both clairvoyant teas. The recipes are varying a little bit from both books, right? Yeah, One right. is the mugwort thyme, yarrow, rosemary, and then Maria made it out of mugwort, rosemary, and anise. Mm-hmm. But both used for clairvoyance. And we're going to talk a little bit about clairvoyance a little later and how mugwort can... Uh, you can work with mugwort to enhance your clairvoyance. Um, but then Book of Magic, nothing. Nothing about mugwort in Book of Magic. So weird. Yeah, very strange. It's just like an afterthought. She just throws it in there. Like it's an extra little witchy herb that Alice throws in there. But it's not the central focus. It has nothing to do with the plot. It has nothing to do with really anything. But I thought it was interesting that in the movie, it's used more topically for the bruises and blemishes, like you pointed out, as opposed to the book where it's only used as a tea. Right. Clairvoyant more specifically so i wanted to deep dive on mugwort and its uses in teas so i found this really cool article this is from teaandcoffee.com and this is basically how to use mugwort as a tea so uh what are the benefits first of all and the side effects so you should know know that before you ingest anything right um so mugwort tea benefits are numerous and can bring about a range of positive changes in health 
Mugwort is an herb that has been used for centuries due to its medicinal benefits, and many people around the world use this tea regularly. This herbal tea has antibacterial properties, it's anti-inflammatory, and helps to reduce stress. It also helps strengthen the immune system, improve digestion, and reduce fatigue. One of the biggest benefits of drinking mugwort tea is that it can reduce menstrual pain, making it beneficial for women who experience painful periods. Additionally, mugwort tea can help detoxify your body by promoting bile flow and metabolism. So what is mugwort tea? Native to Europe and Asia, mugwort, Artemisia vulgaris, is a remarkable member of the daisy family, featuring silvery, fuzzy leaves that offer a distinctive sage aroma. With its yellow or reddish-brown flowers blooming during summer months, this plant can rapidly reach up to six feet in height while providing an intense bitter taste if consumed. Mugwort, often regarded as an unwelcome addition to gardens and lawns, boasts a variety of medical benefits, from addressing flatulence issues <laughs> to aiding in fertility treatments. This plant packs quite the punch. Throughout history, mugwort has been held in high regard by many cultures, from Roman soldiers seeking protection and a reduction of fatigue to folks using it as dream-inducing pillow fillers or natural moth repellent. This species' legendary powers reach far back over the centuries. So we're going to talk about something called moxibustion. I've never what? heard of this what? term before, but it's associated with mugwort and it's a practice that has been done for centuries. So moxibustion is an ancient Chinese medical technique in which mugwort is burned over certain parts of the body. This practice has been used for centuries to treat a variety of ailments, including back pain and menstrual cramps. The healing benefits are due to the stimulating properties of mugwort, which can help increase circulation, reduce inflammation, and moxibustion also helps promote energy balance within the body by invigorating qi or life force energy. We're going to talk a little bit more about moxibustion later. There's like a whole section on it, but that's just giving you, that's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> Dude, that's crazy. I need to get my hands on some mugwort right, like, for my yard. That's amazing. I can, I could try to mail you some cuttings. I don't know if they'll survive the, right, right. Um, so it seems like this moxibustion process, it seems kind of like Reiki, but with smoke cool what it okay like. you like you know how like they put your, the hand over certain parts of the body and they kind of like try to move the energy around yeah that's what it seems like it is so what are the benefits of mugwort tea so mugwort has been used for centuries as a natural remedy but modern scientific studies have revealed that it contains powerful anti-inflammatory agents in addition to this the chemical thujone is thought to stimulate uterine activity in women its popularity as an anxiety reliever and treatment for various ailments such as colic or irregular periods, reliable evidence indicating mugwort's effectiveness remains lacking at present. The nutritional benefits of this tea also include vitamins and minerals such as magnesium, iron, calcium, and vitamin A and B, making it a great choice for people looking to improve their overall health. Additionally, mugwort tea is rich in antioxidants, which can help protect your body from free radicals and slow down the aging process. Dude, did I tell you? I went and got my lab work done the other day. I have a vitamin D deficiency. A lot of people do. It's common. But like, I'm outside all the goddamn time. I know, you're always so get this. I went, I, I went to Walgreens specifically to pick up a vitamin D supplement. I went in, there's a big line. I went in, grabbed what I thought was vitamin D, went in the car, 
they're like chewy, like a chewable. So I popped one. I was marcoing my friend Caitlin. And I'm I'm like marking her. I'm eating this thing. I'm like, whoa, like what? Oh, this tastes funny. And I'm talking to her and I'm reading the bottom. I was like, yeah, I bought vitamin C. Da, 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 da. She was like, why did you buy vitamin C? Uh-huh. You have a vitamin D deficiency. So I'm basically eating, you know, that airborne stuff in a little pill form. But anyway. And Christine nice is like, know. I'm dyslexic. I don't know my letters. <laughs> <laughs> I want to return this. I'm dyslexic. <laughs> I don't know my alphabet. <laughs> oh my god. That was so fucking funny. <laughs> it is pretty funny. All um, right. Yeah, it's, apparently it's com- it's very common. But like more so in people that never fucking go outside, like me. <laughs> You're <laughs> what is your excuse? <laughs> Maybe because I wear all the sunscreen, it's like bouncing oh, right yeah. off of me. That's that's true too. And that I, I didn't even think of that. Like if you wear a lot of sunscreen, then how can your skin absorb the vitamins know. from the sun? Like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like it's dangerous if you're not absorbing the sun, but then it's dangerous if you are. So what the fuck do we do? I think I'd rather I'd rather have the deficiency than have like leathery ass skin. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> right or something worse. You know? Ex- yes, like, yes, yes, yes. I just thought so, it was so funny. I guess pick so, your paddles, pick yeah, your battles. So <laughs> magnesium, iron, calcium, vitamin A, and B is what you would get from mugwort tea. Okay. Yes. We're yeah. back on board. Yes. Okay. So we're going to talk about mugwort tea in aids to menstrual pain. So menstrual pain is a common problem experienced by many women during their menstrual cycle. I had horrible cramps as a teenager. Did you mm. have bad cramps as a, as a, as a teenager? Like yes. my, my cramps aren't as bad anymore. Like now that I'm an adult, my eggs are dying. <laughs> <laughs> my old ass eggs. My old ass eggs. But, but like, as a, as a teenager, I remember having the worst cramps. And if I could have gotten my hands on, on some mugwort at that age, I probably would have been set. Life but, um, changing. Life right. changing. Yeah. Yeah. So it, uh, it can range from mild cramps to severe pain in the lower abdomen, back and legs. The intensity of this pain varies from person to person, but it often includes sharp or throbbing sensations that can disrupt your daily activities. Yeah, explain this to a man because they don't understand this fucking pain. <laughs> I love those videos where they hook up the pain simulator, Me the too. menstrual simulator to men. Yeah. Dude, it's I get it a lot in my legs. I was in college once and I was having cramps so bad. I went to the bathroom just to like, you know, like, okay, I'll go sit down and try to like purge out whatever's happening. Yeah. I could not stand up and like I like like clean myself up, but I could not walk. Like I fell to the floor. I started shaking. So I texted the person that I was in class with. I was like, call my boyfriend. I think I need to go to the hospital because I was like shaking on the ground. So they brought me into the hospital, put a catheter in me. They gave me pain meds and then sent me home. They can be very debilitating. Those, those pains, they suck. Yeah. Guys don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the very first like huge fight me and Avi ever got into was because I had my fucking period. <laughs> I had the worst cramps, and he said something to me like "Oh, man up" or something. And I was like, "What did you say?" <laughs> <laughs> my head started spinning. I was like, oh. "What did you say?" I flipped shit on him, and he like took off, and he got so mad at me that I flipped out on him that he took his motorcycle down the shore, and like. I found out that he went down the shore by himself on his motorcycle or he like met up with people. And I was like, it was like, son of a bitch. It was a whole thing. And then me and my friend, we like, we we went down there. We like hunted him down on the boardwalk. And I like marched up to him. And I was like, what did you say? (laughs) (laughs) I fucking found him just to keep the fight going. I was Oh my God. Such a Sagittarius. But, But super Sagittarius. So me and my friend, like we got in my little death box of a, 
Volkswagen Cabrio, the one that you saw in that video. Yeah. <laughs> so we get in the car and like, I'm like, my pedal, like my, the foot, but the pedal's to the metal. We're zooming down the, okay, this is like an hour drive, okay? From You're just where, furious. From in where a blind I am. rage trying to find him. Exactly. And my, my friend who worked at a bar in town actually ratted him out. That's how we found oh. out where he was. Because she was on the way to go down there to meet up with them. And she was like, oh, your boyfriend, Avi's down there. I'm going to go meet up. I was like, wait, what? You know where my boyfriend is? What? We just so happened to like, me and my other friend, Marianne, we just so were happened to like have a girls night. And we went to the bar that my other friend worked at. And she's she ratted him out. So we that's how we found out where he was. And then we went down there to go like find him so I could tell him off. And we're driving down the whole time and there's like there's deer running in front of the car and like i'm like almost hitting deer and my friend's like oh my god i'm gonna die it was it was a time um but you were savage i was so savage but uh we made up and then he's never made fun of me for having a period since so he he learned he learned his lesson the hard way yikes (laughs) back to mugwort being used for menstrual pain mugwort is believed to help alleviate the symptoms of menstrual cramps, providing relief through increased circulation and hormone regulation. By warming up the uterus and pelvic region, it can reduce the associated aches caused by stagnancy in blood flow, which is often at the source of the pain. Is that what it's from? Is that what the pain? Blood flow. Stagnancy and blood flow. I did hear like if you do move around and you do do your exercise and you do drink your water, it's less intense. I don't believe that. Oh, I don't believe that. Explain it to me in high school then when all I did was jump around. I was a gymnast. I was That's a dancer. True. I was a cheerleader. And a dancer romancer. I'm a dancer romancer. Yo Capricorn. I'm a cancer. That shit was always debilitating. All right. So I don't believe that shit for wow. once. But it's some also use it as a general regulator for congestive cramping or more violent periods. So I guess endometriosis. I don't know if it helps with that, but if you are suffering from endometriosis, why not give it a try? But consult your doctor. I'm not a physician. Yeah, yeah. So just putting that on. <laughs> so mugwort as a helper to relieve joint pain is what we're going to talk about now. Do you want to take that away? I've been talking too long. Oh, oh, oh sure. I need to shut up for a Do minute. We, no, you're fine. I'm I'm just, I was laughing. I was, I muted myself because I was laughing that like he just fucking went out of your way to find him and be like, what did you say? <laughs> Sagittarius. Uh, ooh. All right. Joint pain is a common symptom of many different medical conditions and can be caused by an injury, inflammation, or infection. It can range from mild to severe, and many affect any part of the body, including knees, hips, shoulders, and elbows. Dude, I got arthritis in my ankle from breaking my ankle, and it oh, blows. Shit, yeah. Mugwort tea benefits include anti-inflammatory properties, which may also help reduce the pain associated with joint pain and arthritis. Hey. There you go. Antioxidant compounds present in mugwort tea may help protect the joints against further damage while reducing swelling, stiffness, and pain. In an innovative study, 110 osteoarthritis patients were blind tested to investigate the efficiency of an ancient Chinese therapy known as moxibustion. How do you say it? I I was saying moxibustion. Moxibustion. The patients received either the traditional treatment or its placebo counterpart three times per week over six weeks without knowledge of which they were receiving. 
potentially providing insight into the time-honored restorative practice. Moxibustion demonstrated remarkable results as a pain management therapy in the treatment of knee-related symptoms. On average, participants experienced an impressive 53% reduction in pain, 51% improvement in function after receiving moxibustion treatments compared to only 24% reduced pain levels and 13% improved function for those who received the placebo. Overall, these findings suggest promising therapeutic potential from this traditional Chinese therapy. That's really, that's really neat. So what if you like, all right, I don't, I know this is talking about moxibustion and that's the whole smoke thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you would want to try mugwort as a tea, but what if you made like a salve just for your ankle and just yeah. rubbed it on there and maybe it's anti-inflammatory effects. Maybe it'll help your ankle arthritis. Yeah. Or like a pack, like a, a compress of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. I don't know. Consult your doctors. I would, I would try it. I would try mugwort tea. I, you know, it's all your discretion, whatever you're comfortable with. So it has benefits for the digestive system. So combat digestive woes with mugwort tea. This traditional herbal remedy is not only packed full of antimicrobial and antifungal agents. It can also help alleviate constipation by fighting off gut irritating bacteria. Give it a try the next time you feel that uncomfortable sensation in your stomach, the tummy tummy rumbles. Uh-huh. Relief might just be one sip away. Mugwort is an effective digestive remedy designed to stimulate the appetite while providing relief from uncomfortable bloating and gas. It can help soothe even stubborn digestive issues quickly. Despite countless reported accounts of success, the validity of these assertions sadly lacks solid backing from objective evidence. All right, so mugwort tea can help you lose weight. Mugwort benefits include weight loss benefits. Studies have shown that it can help reduce appetite, increase metabolism, and aid in digestion, all of which are important for healthy weight loss. In one study, people who took a mugwort supplement reported feeling more satiated than those who did not take take the supplement. This is thought to be due to its ability to reduce cravings and the desire to eat unhealthy food. Not only this, but mugwort tea benefits also extend to helping with fat burning processes in the body as well. The herbs antioxidants help break down stored fat cells in the body, reducing overall fat levels and improving your waist. We don't have to include this part. This is this is hogwash. Because, <laughs> well, it's interesting because this, the thing above it says that it can help stimulate the appetite. Right. So that's kind of like an oxymoron. No, that's kind of like. Yeah. You get just, you get both. <laughs> I yeah, don't know if what? you get both. <laughs> But right. no, let's leave it in because I want to know if you guys experience either of these, you know, All right. okay. you wanna, I want to know. For it to stimulate the appetite kind of makes sense to me. I don't know because knowing what marijuana does, mm-hmm. that people smoke that and that stimulates the appetite. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that would make sense that mugwort can do the same because people also have smoked mugwort, which we're going to talk a little bit about later on too so i don't know i'm just making the connection in my brain but mugwort tea can be beneficial to your mental health anxiety and depression are two of the most common mental health disorders in the world they can greatly impact a person's quality of life often leading to difficulty in daily activities and even thoughts of suicide Anxiety is characterized by feelings of fear, worry, and unease, while depression is marked by persistent sadness, loss of interest in normally enjoyable activities, and lack of energy. Mugwort tea is an incredibly powerful natural remedy for combating anxiety, depression, and chronic stress. By relieving the pressure on your nervous system, this calming herbal drink can help you take take back control of your life, allowing you a greater sense of calm and improved quality of life. 
Hey, get down. Hold on, cat. <laughs> Cats again. Hey, no, stop it. He's trying to scale my uh my cabinet over there. Though studies on this are still in their infancy, the results so far suggest that mugwort has potential benefits for anxiety and depression sufferers. Um, so going back to the arthritis, I guess this, I guess, I don't know, this can increase, increase bone mineral density? I don't know if that has any effect on arthritis, but um, mugwort benefits also include improving bone mineral density. Research has found that mugwort can help increase the body's production of calcium and other essential minerals, which are important for healthy bones. In a study conducted in Japan, mice were given mugwort tea daily for 12 weeks to measure the effects on their bone health. At the end of the experiment, it was found that those who had consumed mugwort tea showed significant increases in their bone mineral density, BMD, compared to those in the control group. These results suggest that consuming mugwort may have benefits in terms of enhancing bone development and strength, something which could be beneficial for people at risk of osteoporosis or those suffering from age-related bone loss. So yeah. would the arthritis would... fall into that category? Um, I think it it promotes like the squishiness, you know, that, that joint density too. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know a lot about it, but calcium, yeah. especially in women, right. we have like our calcium just goes, you mm -hmm. know, as we get older, at least in my family. Right. So this would be a great option to help okay. with that. So is mugwort tea safe and what are the side effects? So the benefit of mugwort tea, they're extensive. We just gave you a ton of them, but is it safe to drink? Fortunately, the answer is yes. Mugwort tea is gen generally considered safe when taking in moderate amounts. That being said, it's important to exercise caution when using this herbal remedy and consult your doctor mm -hmm. if you have any underlying health conditions or allergies. As with all forms of alternative medicine, there are certain risks associated with this traditional remedy that should be taken into account before use. All right, here it is again. Pregnant women should avoid taking mugwort tea as it can cause uterine contractions and preterm labor. Additionally, those with a weak immune system should also exercise caution when using mugwort tea as it can be immunomodulating. So say I want to make some tea. Talk me through a tea mugwort style. <laughs> What's that song? Whoop up, whoop up, mugwort style. <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. We need to we need to do a remix. Oh my God. Um, I love that. Mm-hmm. So how to make a mugwort tea. So mugwort tea is incredibly simple to make and requires just a few ingredients. To begin, you'll need one teaspoon of dried mugwort leaves, which can be found at most health food stores or online, and a tea infuser. Or if if you have some growing wild in your backyard like like I do. Pull, pull it up. Um, yeah, pull it up, dry it, put it on a drying rack, let it dry out, and then uh, you can use it, store it away in a mason jar, use it for your teas. Once you have the mugwort, Add it to a cup of boiling water and let it steep for 5 to 10 minutes. Strain out the leaves and add a little honey or lemon if desired. The tea is now ready to drink. For maximum benefits, try drinking one cup of this herbal tea daily and see how you feel after a few weeks. Chances are you won't regret it. So what does mugwort taste like is the question, right? Well, so I'm glad, I want to say I'm glad that they put that in, that you can, if this is something you want to incorporate, you can do a daily tea. It's not like you you have to like once a week or like do it for three days and then don't do it for a while you can it sounds like you can do it every day moderation yeah. though yes 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 moderation and not if you're pregers not if you're pregnant stay away from it pregnant yeah so tasting notes what is what does mugwort taste like so mugwort tea has a distinct and powerful herbal taste it is slightly bitter but also somewhat sweet with earthy undertones and the caffeine level is it's if you're not good with caffeine, it's your lucky day because mugwort tea is caffeine free. And in conclusion, 
Mugwort tea benefits are numerous, from weight loss to improved bone density, mental health benefits. However, it's important to acknowledge that while mugwort is generally considered safe when taken in moderate amounts, there are certain risks associated with it which should be taken into account before use. Overall, if you're looking for a natural remedy for, ta for tackling a variety, variety of health issues, then mugwort tea is certainly worth considering. Just make sure to consult your doctor beforehand if you have any underlying health conditions or allergies. Happy sipping. And Ew. this article was by Richard Smith, who is partner at the Kent and Sussex Tea and Coffee Company. He's a tea expert, entrepreneur, and owner of the Kent and Sussex Tea and Coffee Company, part of a family of renowned tea planters dating back four generations. He was born in Calcutta, India, where he spent his childhood between tea estates in Assam and Darjeeling. So that's a little bit about, about him. That that was oh, his that was entire great. article about tea. So, right? So you could uh, check out tea-n-coffee.com, and we'll link that in our show notes. Um, so later on when we get into magic and lore, we'll talk a bit more about how you can incorporate mugwort into your spell work and practice, including divination and enhancing your clairvoyance and all that stuff. We're going to talk about all that a little bit later on. But I found another interesting article because, okay, yeah, most herbs, we could drink it as tea. Cool. What about smoking it? I'm not a smoker, but this piqued my interest because, I mean, okay. like, mugwort has been linked to kind of having that bringing you into that alternate kind of state um I, I don't know if you would classify it as a hallucinogen i don't know if it makes you hallucinate or trip balls i don't know are I don't, we gonna try I, this together <laughs> do you want me to dry some and bring it to salem <laughs> yes oh yeah let's have a tea at least tea uh-huh but if it doesn't work well with our systems we're gonna have fucking diarrhea the whole time or just you gonna know. be tripping balls walking the streets of salem like, oh wow. how magical what oh, happened yeah wouldn't that be quite the uh, first time Salem experience? Just tripping balls girl. on a mugwort yeah. in fucking which which city? <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. Uh -huh. um, so smoking mugwort. This is from MissGrass.com. Can you smoke mugwort? So a legend tells of a woman with a wild wolf, wolf heart and fierce devotion, driven by the moon's energy and the splendor of nature. She carried with her a bow with silver arrows, always ready for the hunt. Her name was Artemis, the divine feminine, daughter of Zeus and Leto, the Greek goddess of the wild land, the patron of pregnant women, childbirth, and newly delivered mothers. To protect those she regarded as her own, this incarnation of Mother Earth left us a gift. Artemisia vulgaris, commonly recognized as mugwort, the mysterious sacred plant believed to induce vivid dreams, astral projections, and future divinations. The dream herb, as some like to call it, has a long history not only as a spiritual ally and medicinal plant, but also as a spice, food, and flavoring agent for beer and other beverages. If you've ever, ever considered smoking mugwort, then you're in for a treat. Relax and reconnect with the mysticism of Artemis and discover the benefits of smoking mugwort. Here we so, fucking go. Here we fucking Are go. Are you ready? Is Blast mugwort off. a psychoactive? Do you want to take this, Christina? Okay. When mugwort... Mugwort. When mug... <laughs> when mugwort is smoked, it exhibits very mild psychoactive effects and strong relaxing properties. The intoxicating qualities of the sacred Artemisia vulgaris come from the chemical makeup of their leaves. All right, we got some chemical listed out here. Mm -hmm. um, third zone, however, you mentioned earlier, yeah. there's A, negative and 
It looks like the letter B, it's probably not the letter B. Third Joan are the psychoactive compounds, which provide slight hallucinogenic or psychotropic effects to mugwort and other plants. Besides giving a gentle, relaxing buzz, these terpenes also stimulate the heart and the central nervous system. Uh, but Third Jones are not the only psychoactive ingredient at work here. There are three additional terpenes found in Artemisia vulgaris that work synergistically with them to account for mugwort's sedative and slightly psychedelic effects. All right, number one is camphor. We, You and I talked, do you remember we talked about camphor in our Victorian architecture episode? There were, there was a plastic that when broken down after, over time, it would leave camphor in the air, I think. Right. And it's yeah. Um, explosive. Anyway. Oh, that's when we were like, oh, they, they just wanted to go in, in the kitchen for a sandwich and then boom. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah. So besides soothing a cough, so camphor is used for other things. Besides okay. soothing a cough, this minty terpene can also cause mild hallucinations that can blend seamlessly into waking consciousness. So this A negative pinene, P-I-N-E-N-E. This terp, I guess it's a terpene can be both uplifting and sedating with the fresh piney scent think of how you would feel walking through a pine forest Ooh. clear and relaxed i like that yeah, dude this is sounding better and better <laughs> linalool this floral scented terpene works in conjunction with a negative panine to slow down your racing mind and take you to dreamland thanks to this sedative motor depressant and sleep inducing effect it's common in lavender too Okay. Together, these compound these compounds sedate the user and stimulate hallucinations, explaining mugwort's associate. God damn it, <laughs> mugwort's association with vivid and often psychedelic dreams. When consumed at a modest dose, the psychoactive effects of mugwort remain gentle, but when taken at higher doses, can induce more potent results. So I guess you can trip balls on this. I'm I'm fucking about it. <laughs> What if, okay, just hear me out. Okay. What if you were able to make a mugwort incense and then you're not really like really, you know, really getting it in, but just oh. like a tiny little cone that kind of fills the room and yeah. you just get a little bit or just right. do it in the bathroom and then you can leave, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of a safe way to do this. Right. Or you, you can know. make it, or you can make it as a flying ointment and you can go on a little little trap i'm scared is, <laughs> Mr. Puss. well if, let's figure out if it's legal okay is this legal in the united states mugwort is federally uncontrolled meaning all the parts of this plant and its extracts are legal to cultivate buy possess and distribute sell trade or give without a license or prescription however many u.s cities and states like new york and louisiana have outlawed mugwort when intended for human consumption the law excludes the quote-unquote possession, planting, cultivation, growing, or harvesting, end quote, for this plant when used strictly for aesthetic landscaping or decorative purposes. Be sure to check with your local and state regulations before cultivating mugwort. There are heavy fines for planting this medicinal plant in some states. For more information, we will share a link. It's the finding the legal status of mugwort in your state. But you know where it's not illegal? Jersey. In Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, did you just look that up? <laughs> no. Well, I guess, okay. It sounds like maybe just New York and Louisiana. Yeah. We'll have to. We'll have to... That's really weird to me because New York is such like a progressive state. You think mm -hmm. that, like, why the fuck is it illegal in New York? That makes no sense to me. No, no sense. Anyway, can mugwort be smoked? Can it? Let's see. 
Uh, mugwort has a long history as a smokable herb. For centuries, this sacred plant was traditionally dried and smoked as part of rituals and ceremonies in many cultures to promote lucid dreaming. You can smoke it by itself or pair it with other smokable herbs like cannabis or tobacco to enhance the flavor, create a smoother smoke, ease harshness on the throat, or simply add more body to a joint. Many people use Artemisia vulgaris to wean off tobacco over time. Some suggest starting with a 50-50 mix of tobacco and mugwort and gradually reducing the amount of tobacco down to zero. Interesting. So the potential benefits of smoking mugwort. Throughout Europe and China, mugwort has been traditionally used to boost energy, relieve stress, promote blood circulation, and support liver health. According to anecdotes, mugwort has helped soothe health conditions like anxiety, digestion problems, muscle and joint pain, migraines, and irregular periods. Even Roman soldiers supposedly used mugwort leaves in their sandals to soothe aching feet while marching. People also believe this magical plant could protect them from wild animals and evil spirits. Yet, the history behind the use of mugwort is fascinating. It begs the question, what does science say? Going back to arthritis reduction, Christina, this is for your ankle. In me. medieval medicine, Artemisia vulgaris, often called Mater Herbarum, the mother of herbs, was used externally for treating wounds, easing tired legs, and relieving painful gout flares, which is a form of arthritis characterized by severe pain, redness, and tenderness in joints. Recent studies have shown sufficient evidence to suggest that the use of mugwort through moxibustion, a therapeutic practice that uses mugwort smoke, effectively reduces pain in arthritis. Clinical research found that the effects of moxibustion could help with symptom management in people with knee osteoarthritis, a common disorder in the elderly. What is, I have a question. What is that thing where you can like, <laughs> like smell colors and like see songs? What is that called? Synesthesia? Synesthesia. Is I think I have that with words because moxibustion to me is like, like big circle, bokeh light, like bright, like pink and purple and blue. That, that is what I see when you say that word. That's really cool. It's a really fun word. Moxibustion. Moxibustion. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. Um, right after I tell you how you can smoke mugwort for your stress to ease stress. Tell me. Um, so mugwort has been studied in modern medicine to treat conditions like epilepsy, insomnia, depression, and anxiety. The Journal of Medicinal Plants Research published a study on mice highlighting the anti-convulsant and anxiolytic effects of leaves from Artemisia vulgaris. Nonetheless, more research is needed to support these findings. Anecdotally, mugwort is an herb that guides you to inner peace. Since it's an herb closely connected with the energy and cycles of the moon, there's a common belief that it helps to end a cycle and move on into a new phase. When mixed with indica strains high in linalool, like quiet times lavender honey pie, what is that? It must be a Go down that rabbit hole while I read while I read the rest of this, it generates a serene mindset, shutting down unwanted intrusive thoughts and helping you ease into a relaxed state of mind, free of tension. It is a strain of okay. marijuana. That sounds so, so lovely. Relaxing, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. you're just like, you know that song? What's that that Beatles song? Oh, the, the intro to the crab. Turn off your mind, relax and flow downstream. There you that's, go. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Just like floating or that incubus song floating down a river you know remember that song no. i gotta show you i gotta show you that song next time okay. next time you plan on smoking a little over the herb christina put that song <laughs> send me on. that song okay put that song on you're gonna float down that river mugwort for moxibustion okay here it is that your favorite word 
It's an important part of clinical treatment in traditional Chinese medicine. This technique involves rolling mugwort into sticks or cones, kind of like what you were saying, like an incense, right? Igniting it and waving it over the specific part of the body that needs to be treated. Generally, it's practiced during acupuncture to increase its effectiveness and enhance its effects. During moxibustion, acupuncture points are stimulated through heat and moxa smoke, which are believed to have antibacterial, anti-tumor, antiviral, anti-inflammatory, and air purification functions. This method is chosen by some to treat pain, osteoarthritis, stroke rehab, constipation, and other conditions. Some studies have evaluated the effectiveness and safety of moxibustion in pregnant women. Research suggests that moxibustion may help turn a baby that is lying bottom or feet first, also known as breech baby, into a head presentation. So it seems like, okay, so you can't maybe, even though you can't ingest mugwort while you're pregnant, it seems like the smoke might help ease a full-term pregnancy, like to ease the childbirth. Instead of it being directed to your digestive system, it's entering your lungs. Mm-hmm. And that in turn is giving it a different effect, I guess. I guess it's affecting your brain instead of your, your... digestive tract, right? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because when you inhale smoke, it goes to your brain, you get a little bit of a high, right? That's how, I guess that's how that works. I'm not a scientist. But I'm, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> you know who we haven't had in a long time? Your fucking scientist lady voice. Oh my God. What do we name her? I don't remember. What do we fucking name her? Phyllis. Phyllis. Phyllis, the scientist. Phyllis, the scientist. Um, <laughs> so according to these findings, moxibustion may represent an alternative option to reduce the need for cesarean sections. My God. I can't even, I can't, like, I'm choking on spit. Moreover, there is also a clinical trial that suggests that moxibustion may reduce both the frequency and the severity of hot flashes associated with menopause. Whoa. Whoa visiting a professional practitioner but if you choose to try this technique ensure the area is well ventilated can you imagine don't hot box <laughs> Dude, that no that's what i was thinking i was like okay if you go to into a bathroom and just hot box yourself for like three to five minutes and then leave right. at least it's not in your whole house for an extended period of time but, but exactly this is what i'm saying i know nothing don't listen to us right but it's funny like if you're quote hot boxing on mugwort is it considered hot boxing at that point, or are you doing a spiritual moxibustion? Right? Like, what's the fine line? Dude, can you imagine a shirt or a sticker that says I'm off to do my spiritual moxibustion? <laughs> With your boca colors as oh the Oh my god. Yeah. Go ahead, Christina, get on it. Make it a t-shirt. Um, all right. Wow. Uh, so research has found significant toxic components in moxibustion oxybustion smoke that might cause adverse effects on the liver kidneys and heart so christina tell us is it safe to smoke mugwort oh i'm sorry you're drinking you're fine (laughs) well it's less harmful than cigarettes and other chemically produced substances smoking mugwort can harm the lungs according to the american lung association the combustion of cannabis or any smokable herb may contain many of the same toxins irritants and carcinogens as tobacco smoke be sure to choose organic food-grade herbs for smoking. Medicinal herbs like Artemisia vulgaris can help when used as a complementary therapy, but it shouldn't be used as a definitive treatment. Consult with your physician before smoking mugwort or any other herb. Ask about any risks, side effects, and interactions with, and with other medications you are taking. 
Since there isn't enough scientific information to determine an appropriate dosage for mugwort, experts recommend using this mystic herb in moderation. For people with ragweed allergies, smoking mugwort can be dangerous. Okay, wait, don't you have a ragweed allergy? Yes, I do. Oh no, but you can have the tea. Can you have the tea or is that the same thing? You probably can't have it. It's Yeah, it's like ingesting it is... No! I'll take one for the team. It's fine. (laughs) We'll find you something else. Trust me. Especially if um, they're asthmatic. Likewise, mugwort should also be avoided during pregnancy and breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. So what are some side effects? Although it is generally considered safe to use if you're allergic to ragweed, celery, carrots, apples, peaches. Dude, I'm kind of allergic to apples. They made my throat really itchy. Oh, yeah. You were saying that one day. Like, you had apples in your mark room, and you are like, I think I'm dying in the bed. My throat's <laughs> I had, throat I had hives all over the place. Oh, my goodness. Sunflowers or birch. Be cautious. Question. Is it just cooked apples? Is it raw? just raw apples? Or, ca- like, can you eat, like, an apple pie? Or is it, like, the same type of deal? Because my goddaughter, she's only allergic to raw fruits. Oh, yeah. But yeah, when they're cooked, it must get cooked out of them. Yeah. I had a saying, the way I found out is like, I had a sangria once with like apple chunks in it and I was dying. Oh my God. I was like coughing and like my face was all puffed up. So I don't know. It's a, it's a specific type. It's not, it's not all the varieties, but okay. Am I there? You may even have a condition called celery. Wait, is that cel- celery mugwort spice syndrome? What? Is that what you have? Which is associated? Spice girl? (laughs) Hello, I'm celery mugwort spice. (laughs) I love that. With an associated allergy to several substances. (laughs) If you're allergic, sorry, if you're allergic, coming into physical contact with the plant, drinking its tea or smoking its dried parts may cause hives, rash, sneezing, nasal congestion, swollen lips, itchy throat, irritated eyes, and even asthma. Did you have any of those when you were working with your plant? No. Okay, cool. Good. In high doses, thurjones can turn into neurotoxins causing vomiting and seizures. Jesus Christ. For this reason, consuming, just thinking about this is making me like itchy. (laughs) Ah, for this reason, consuming large amounts of mugwort can be toxic, especially if you choose to use its oil, which contains high concentrations of this psychoactive compound. Okay, real quick about that oil. We mentioned at the beginning the Korean, like the new fad of their face masks and oils and stuff, guys, just do your research. Cause reading this now, like, are you just putting a, um, psychoactive compress on your face? Like, are you going to blast off? Just be careful. Right. As mentioned before, mugwort should be avoided during- Are you going to blast off? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just got a visual of that. Mugwort should be avoided during pregnancy to minimize the risk of miscarriage in the same way its use should be restricted in children or mothers who are breastfeeding. More research is needed to investigate the potential side effects of Artemisia vulgaris in various forms and uses. So this is a cute little poem that was her name, Miss Grass. (laughs) Miss Grass. Miss Grass. Miss Grass includes this little poem at the end of this article, and it's an ode to mugwort. Should you decide that a pinch of dried mugwort is just what you need to connect with the free spirit of the divine feminine, we leave you with a poetic ode to this mystic herb. Curling bell in the morning, artemisia path winding, whistling autumn drizzle, willow smoke light. Glance back, China, mountains and rivers beautiful, rays head to blue sky, stars and moon bright. That is by Luo Zi Hai in, uh, from 1954. I guess beautiful. that is a Chinese, I like that. that sounds like a Chinese philosopher. I'm not sure who that is, Um, but that is beautiful. Um, I wonder if they wrote that whilst 
under the influence of the mugwort moxibustion. Moxibustion. Dude, I like that word. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're going to take a little bit of a break right now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how you can grow your own mugwort in your yard, in your, in your home. And then also mugwort versus wormwood. What's the difference? How to tell the two apart? That's pretty important. Yes. So we're going to give you all of the difference between those. And also we're going to talk about mugwort and the female reproductive system. It can be used as an abortive. It can be used to treat menstrual cramps. We're going to talk a, a little bit about that when we come back. And then we're going to get into all the magic and lore. So sit right there. We'll be right back. Hey, little witches. The scene is here. If you've been listening to our podcast for a while, you would know how much we love using the Practical Magic Inner Witch Oracle Deck by Grounded by the Moon. And now we want to share the magic of Grounded by the Moon with you, our listeners. Joseph Benitez Egerton, the creator behind Grounded by the Moon, would like to offer this very special 10% off discount to all who wish to experience the magic of his Practical Magic-themed tarot and oracle decks. But that's not all. He also creates other divination tools like tarot workbooks, deck bags and altar cloths, pendulum kits, oil blends, cleansing sprays, smoke wands, teas, and ritual kits. And let's not forget about his custom handcrafted all-natural soy candles, where every candle is hand-poured and personally infused and charged under the light of the moon. They even come with a crystal. And did we mention all of the ingredients in the candles are ethically sourced? All of Joseph's offerings are just so magical. So go visit groundedbythemoon.com and use the coupon code Magnolia Magic for 10% off your entire order at checkout. That's M A G N O L I A M A G I C. So get your discount today. And you're listening to Magnolia Street Podcast. Welcome back. Do we want to do a card pull? Let's see. I wonder what we can uh, pull that will have anything to do with this episode. Do you think there's a mugwort card? I don't think there. No, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Let's shuffle up, I guess. Tell me when to stop. Hold on, let me stop. <gasps> Fire element. Fire, because you can smoke it. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> Let's see. Have we picked fire yet? No. You never got fire? No, ma'am. All right. So, fire element. The keyword on this card is take action. Also, the other keyword is passions. So the element of fire invites you to take action. Inspired from the tarot suit of the wands, fire encourages you to embrace your passions, holding a message of excitement. This card can also represent a new spark of creativity or inspiration coming into your life. When fire comes into a reading, don't sit idly by. Reignite the flame that lies within. This is your driving force. Feed your fire, follow your passions to keep your flame burning as bright as possible. To embrace fire, try fire scrying. Ground yourself and looking into a flame and interpret what the element brings to sight. You can also use the energy of this card itself to help enhance your connection. And the mantra on this card is, I ignite with the fire. 
So when it says to embrace fire, try fire scrying, I wasn't thinking so much fire. I was thinking like more smoke, but maybe that would fall more into the air category. But maybe I was thinking of like moxibustion. Moxibustion. <laughs> totally. Okay, that's my new favorite word. Very good. Fire. Yeah, we haven't had that one yet. There's so many yeah. we have not had. We've pulled one or two more than once. Right. But, but again, it always seems to have something to do with what we're talking about. Totally. We, we always yep. find a way to make it make sense. Love that. They, so that's uh, that's the Grounded by the Moon Inner Witch Oracle, Practical Magic uh, Oracle deck. Um, if you guys want 10% off your entire order, check out groundedbythemoon.com. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> it was like a, it was like an idea light bulb. Like, it was yeah, perfect. I'm leaving it in. I'm not right, going to cool. leave it in. Check out groundedbythemoon.com. Right. Check it out. So it. since Justina, yours is just like your mug roll. It's just happy. Is it full sun? Is it in the shade? It keeps getting mowed over. So it <laughs> seems to thrive wherever it's at. Very hardy. Yeah. Um. So interesting. In on in my lawn where I found it, it's kind of like dappled sunlight, right? Yeah. Okay. When I potted it and put it on my porch, I I think it's pretty much full sun, and it's still like. I think it's doing better. Okay. I don't know. But for someone who hasn't planted it yet, I need to know because I really do want to plant it now. I just need to kind of figure out what it needs. Right. So just talk a little bit about growing information if you do want to grow this. But also, again, double check if it's legal in your state because that would be a dumb way to go down, you know, yeah. and have a mark on your record. Um, you're just in New York or Louisiana, don't do it. Okay. All right. So let's talk about the description of the plant. Mugwort is a perennial herb that grows between two and five feet tall. The upper surface of the alternate leaves are dark green and smooth, while the undersides are silvery and hairy. Its leaves are variable in shape. Stems are angular with longitudinal ridges and ranges in color from green to purple. Uh, it flowers in late summer to early fall. So yours might flower before fall, maybe yeah. i guess that's when it when it flowers it that's when it's ready to go to seed so that's like kind of the, the end cycle of a plant mm. mugwort frequents disturbed sites such as pastures forest edges ditches restoration areas roadsides and steep slopes and just seen his backyard and just seen his backyard <laughs> so there is a threat here it says mugwort out competes native plants for nutrients and sunlight they spread by rhizomes and often create large colonies and due to their substantial root systems and the ability to re-sprout from root fragments, manual removal can be difficult. Solid patches may be covered using biotech fabric or other tarp-like mats, which may significantly weaken the plant, allowing for other removal methods to be more effective. Some herbicides can be found to be effective. However, options are kind of limited, and this is a widespread herb i don't know what this is i guess there is a invasive species priorities tier chart and this is tier four local control i'm gonna click on this what is this yeah mean? go down that rabbit hole oh whoa okay you get a whole graph so invasive Ooh. species tiers oh it's one, high two three and four yeah Ooh, it is yeah. high oh man i don't even know where to begin on this tier one is early detection and prevention tier two is eradication tier three is contaminant and tier four is local control oh wait Under tier three is contain containment oh so I contaminant <laughs> fucking silent hill up in here <laughs> so, tier four says eradication from prism not feasible 
focus on localized management over time to contain, exclude, or suppress to protect high-priority resources like rare species or recreation assets. Be strategic when deciding if and uh, where to control. Jesus, I didn't know any of this. This is amazing. Okay. So yeah, tier four is established or widespread in PRISM, only strategic localized management. I don't know what PRISM is though, but you can look this up on W nyprism.org and it'll tell you more about this tier chart about invasive it's an invasive species chart yeah so it's it's very invasive so pathways mugwort was introduced to north america by european settlers as a medicinal herb mugwort primarily spreads through its rhizome system mugwort is prohibited it's a prohibitive prohibited species in new york state for more information on prohibited and regulated species visit uh, www dec.ny.gov. We're going to tell you right now, if you're not in New York and you want to grow some mugwort, we're going to tell you how to do that. So mugwort is a widespread herb native to North America, Europe, and Asia. Although Artemisia vulgaris is the variety most often used in Western Materia Medica, you can use the coastal variety and others interchangeably. Mugwort's ability to thrive in different ecosystems speaks to its resilience and versatility. While Artemisia vulgaris is the common garden variety, you might consider cultivating your local species of mugwort if you have one in your bioregion. It is best to plant mugwort in the early spring after a period of cold stratification. The time to harvest it is right before it enters its flowering stage since that is when the energy will be be strongest in the leaves. Although all aerial parts of mugwort are medicinal, the leaves are used for medicine the most often. Mugwort is easy to plant and grows robustly, so find your local variety and get planting. So here's how you can identify mugwort. Knowing how to identify mugwort's leaves, flowers, and stem can help you confidently identify them in the wild. Uh, The plant's leaves are a strong identifier. Leaves are one to four and a half inches long, up to three inches wide, and deeply divided into finger-like wedge-shaped lobes along the central vein. They are hairless on top, but they have a silvery white downy underside. If you're familiar with the smell of sage, the plant should smell similar. As far as the flowers, the flowers consist of small yellow and reddish brown heads that sprout from the upper parts of the plant in branching clusters. The flowers have seven to 10 pale yellow thread-like pistils extending from the center. The stems, stalks, and bracts are light green from a covering of frosty hairs. The stems are multiple reddish colored and they grow from the ground. They're smooth and unbranched in the lower plant, but become much, much branched with short matted hairs in the flower cluster. I'm going to have to keep my eyes open now. I really want to find some wild. Yeah, but there are, you got to be careful because there are some mugwort lookalikes. Two of the most common here in the Northeast are wormwood and motherwort. So people often confuse mugwort with wormwood or use the names interchangeably, thinking that they are are the same plant, when in reality, mugwort, Artemisia vulgaris, and wormwood, Artemisia absinthium, are two different herbs from the same family, the Artemisia genus. So if you've ever had absinthe and you've heard of the wormwood, and that's where the absinthe gets its name from, because wormwood, the scientific name is Artemisia absinthium, even though they don't put the wormwood in absinthe anymore, because it's illegal, I think. I'm pretty sure it's it's been outlawed. Um, but one way to tell them apart is to look at the leaves. Mugwort leaves are green on the top and white underneath with pointed tips and 
purplish stems, while wormwood leaves are silvery on top and bottom with flowers that are much showier. Also worth pointing out is that wormwood is the main ingredient, there we go, in the famous, infamous drink absinthe. Motherwort and mugwort plants are similar in appearance, but distinct characteristics set them apart. Mugwort leaves are white, woolly, and almost silvery on the underside, while motherwort leaves may be slightly hairy and will be the same color on the top and the bottom. Oh, okay. Yeah, and mother, motherwort has its own folklore and history of medicinal use for heart ailments. Additionally, it was used to remedy nervousness, dizziness, and other disorders of women. And um, here are some cautions. Do not use mugwort if you are, aller are allergic to the following. We mentioned some of these before. Birch, kiwi, peach, mango, apple, celery, carrots, cabbage, grass, hazelnut, olive, pollen, honey, mustard, royal jelly. What the fuck is royal jelly? Sweet bell pepper pollen, tobacco, and sunflower. If under 18 years of age or pregnant, I guess stay away from this. The hallucinogenic properties of mugwort are slim to none, but caution should be exercised due to its ability to induce lucid and vivid dreams and sometimes- Slim to none? <laughs> what? Okay. But then it says it can cause lucid dreams, vivid dreams, and sometimes trance-like half-dream states. So- Tripping balls, basically. <laughs> um, these dream states induced by mugwort can be so vivid that they can have the same damaging psychological effects one would get from hallucinogenic drugs or items known to cause vivid hallucinations. So you do have to exercise the caution with that. Um, you might trip the balls. Yeah. Okay. You might trip the balls. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked a little bit about the wormwood, but it's also been confused with St. John's wart, I guess, because... It's AKA name is St. John's plant, but it, like you just said, you just went over the two differences, the Artemisia vulgaris, which is mugwort and Artemisia absinthium, which is the wormwood. Right. Oh, no, I was just gonna say, I'm thinking that maybe it's confused with St. John's wort because it's mugwort and St. John's wort. But if you actually look mm -hmm. up St. John's wort, it looks nothing like mugwort. Mm -hmm. St. John's wort has these really pretty like bright yellow flowers and the leaflets on it look nothing like mugwort. So I'm thinking like it doesn't look like the plant and that's not how it's confused. I'm thinking most people may confuse it in their minds because they sound similar. Cause right. The yeah. And then I put a note in here like to for Justina to make sure she has what she has because they get confused so often and you said you used your picture of this plant identifier yeah. but from what we just learned visually especially in the underside of the leaves you could probably tell right away Mm -hmm. So could you imagine if you were growing wormwood? <gasps> Jesus Christ. Ooh. I would make absinthe in a heartbeat. <laughs> would you? Good. I would I would go visit the green fairy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Children of the revolution. I watch that movie now. Add I it to the too. night. Add it. Add okay. It. Right. Okay. So we're going to deep dive a little further about the differences between mugwort and wormwood. Um, so the confusion here lies because mugwort is cousins to both the wormwood and St. John's wort plants. So I guess that's also where people get confused. So in this article from a to z animals.com, often confused for one another, are there any true differences between mugwort versus wormwood? Both members of the daisy family and even the same genus, mugwort and wormwood, and are indeed two separate species of plants. But what separates these two ancient plants from one another? Oh, this is a question. But what separates these two? Isn't it interesting how you could put the the uh, inflection on the wrong syllable and it completely changes the 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 yeah. what you're trying to say? Yeah. 
But what separates these two ancient plants from one another and how can you learn how to tell them apart? Ooh, this will be cool. Yeah, Do you want so to do this... one and I'll do the other side? <laughs> okay, but but we got to give... Okay, so mugwort and wormwood. This is a this is a chart, okay? I'm going to be wormwood. I was going <laughs> to... I was gonna say we should give them like voices, like character, character. Uh, that's the only voice I know how to do. Well, I will be Mugwort Spice and Mugwort Spice, and you'll be Warm Warmwood Warmwood. So Mugwort Spice, I'm Artemisia vulgaris, and I reach up to six feet tall on ridge-like stems found in green or purplish red shades. Leaves are uniquely shaped and pointed, growing opposite each other with small hairs on the underside and deep green in color. Flowers grow along many stems, small and varying in color, white, yellow, or red. I'm Amnesia, Absinthia. <laughs> oh my it reaches God. up to five feet tall and grooves straight stems found in shade of green and gray. Leaves are rounded and uniquely shaped with Small hairs on the tops and bottoms growing spirally around the stalks. The tops of the leaves are gray-green, whilst the bottoms are whitish-silver. Flowers grow in rounds, small round buds, primarily yellow, surround and surrounded by leaves. Wormwood sounds like it had a really hard life. <laughs> Dude, I love that TikTok lady I keep sending you who's like, she's just like shuffling her her sweet teal around and she's like, hey, Oh, Grandma Joan. She, Grandma Joan. Grandma Joan. me up. Hey, doing? hey, I got the Thrace Company on DVD, DVD set. <laughs> Come over and watch it later. Okay, we're having a big storm tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Um, uh. so mugwort, the uses are very traditional, medicinal, and magical plant. Also used culinary in modern cuisine and occasionally used for lucid dreaming. Makes a great plant for pollinators in your garden. All right, so I'm primarily used in absinthe production, but also used culinarily as a spice. Has some medicinal value for infections and appetites, but also repels them in sex as well. Very ornamental, but doesn't do well alongside other plants. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, Wormwood doesn't sound like it plays well in the sandbox. <laughs> it sounds oh. like if he were in a jail cell, he'd be in solitary confinement. He's the guy who gets you what you need. Yeah, <laughs> you what you need. Uh, origin and growing preferences. Mugwort spice, native to Europe and Asia, thrives in uncultivated areas with full sunlight and nitrogen-rich soil. Okay, so yeah, full sun. That's what you want. Yeah. Good, good, good. All right, so uh, wormwood is native to Europe and Asia, and it prefers full sunlight as well. And nitrogen-rich soil as well, and does well in drier conditions. <laughs> dying, <laughs> dying. <sighs> Mugwort spice. Other names include Saint John's plant, wild wormwood, cronewort, chrysanthemum weed, heart emoji, skull emoji. I'm dead. Send. Send. <laughs> <laughs> Wormwood and mugwort. I was like, what the fuck are we talking about? Remind, I'm picturing like the couple you see out and about that has no ungodly reason to be with each other. 
you know, she's like the prim proper prissy. And he's like, if I was a skater boy, I said see you later, boy. Like he's just, oh, Wormwood is also known as absinthe, absinthe, Wormwood and Mugwort. I guess it also goes by Mugwort, commonly confused with. Okay. Okay. Yeah. She's like you and he's just like a greasy spoon, but she loves him for his heart. They, it's the balance. It's balance. They balance each other out. It's like that Paula Abdul song that opposites attract. She's Paula and he's that cat. Remember that music video? <laughs> I, this episode, my God, I've never heard Justina. Your laugh, like I've said, is contagious and it's full and it's vibrant, but I've brought you to the point of wheezing. Your laugh is not even coming out anymore. <laughs> All right, we're putting that song on the MSR playlist. Okay. Opposite to track. Here we go. All right, what's the, what are other differences? Take us to the differences. All right, so there are a number of key differences between mugwort and wormwood. For example, mugwort typically grows larger than the average wormwood plant. Mugwort has uniquely pointed leaves, while wormwood has rounded leaves. The average wormwood plant produces yellow flowers, while mugwort plants may have flowers in white, yellow, or red. Finally, mugwort is used in limited culinary capacity, while wormwood is key for absinthe production. Although you don't have to produce absinthe with the wormwood because it's illegal now. So uh, let's go over all of these differences in more detail now. So mugwort versus wormwood classification. Both belong to the same plant family and genus. There are some undeniable differences between mugwort and wormwood. Plus, these plants are often named interchangeably, leading to even more confusion when it comes to how they are classified. However, wormwood and mugwort are two distinct species from one another, with wormwood classified as Artemisia absinthium and mugwort classified as Artemisia vulgaris. Dude, I'm kind of lightheaded from doing that voice. <laughs> I'm lightheaded from laughing because I can't oh, yeah. breathe. Oh my god. <sighs> how, how can we describe the two? Alright, so it can be very difficult to tell wormwood and mugwort apart, given that they're so closely related. However, there are a few characteristics to pay attention to if you're trying to identify an unknown plant. For example, mugwort reaches up to six feet, as Holy opposed shit. to wormwood, which reaches about five feet, making mugwort a larger plant overall. Mugwort stems are also typically reddish in hue while warm wood stems are gray-green. The leaves are where you can truly tell the difference. Again, mugwort is uniquely pointed, while wormwood leaves are rounded and simpler by comparison. Mm. In addition, most wormwood leaves are darker on the top than on the bottom, while mugwort leaves remain the same. I feel like this is good that I know we're, we're giving a lot of the same information, but to really cement it in your mind mm-hmm. of make sure you know what you are using. Yeah. Yeah. To, to just reiterate all these differences. In addition, most wormwood leaves are darker on the top than on the bottom, while mugwort leaves remain the same green shade throughout. Finally, wormwood plants typically produce yellow flowers, while mugwort plants produce white, yellow, or red. Well, yeah, wormwood plants yellow flowers, but mugwort can also produce yellow flowers. Right. So really- Check those leaves. Check the leaves. Check the yeah. stem. So mugwort versus wormwood uses. Mugwort and wormwood have very traditional uses, both medicinally and magically. For example, mugwort has been used to assist in lucid dreaming practices, while wormwood is used medicinally for infections and appetite boosting. Wormwood is also a key component in absinthe production, while mugwort is rarely used in a culinary fashion. 
Both of these plants are ornamental and look attractive in the average backyard garden, but wormwood doesn't grow well beside other plants. As we learned before, it doesn't play well in the sandbox. <laughs> While mugwort is the guy that gets you what you want. <laughs> While mugwort is ideal for attracting pollinators. Oh my god. <laughs> What's the origins? How do we grow it? Tell us. Okay. Given the similarities in relation to one another, mugwort wormwood originated in the same location. They're native to Europe and Asia. Both of these plants are prolific worldwide, and they are even considered invasive weeds in some loca locations. You can grow mugwort and wormwood in nitrogen-rich soil in full sun and dry conditions. These plants grow best in wild areas and disturb locations with strong roots that lead to their invasive nature, those rhizomes. These two plants are often called the same thing interchangeably, but they are indeed two different plants. For example, mugwort is colloquially known as St. John's plant, wild wormwood, cronewort, and chrysanthemum weed, while wormwood is known as absinthe, absinthe wormwood, and you guessed it, mugwort. There is no doubt, <laughs> this no doubt leads to some confusion with these two plants. And hopefully now you have some clues on how to best tell them apart. You know what this reminds me of? Remember that Wabat episode where they're talking about the juniper? Oh, and cedar? Yeah. And it's Ugh. like, what the fuck? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I had one of those moments because yeah. I, moving here, thought we had a juniper line because they get those little dusty blueberries and yeah. I would burn it and like it smelled good. And my neighbor who knows everything, he's like, that's fucking cedar. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. You guys want to go listen to a good Wabat episode, go listen to the uh, Juniper. Is it Juniper Cedar? Did they talk about both in that episode? Or they were just like talking, they were trying to clear up the, um, the confusion yeah. of what is what. Like one, it's like a rectangle is a square, but a square is not a rectangle kind of situation. Yeah. Something like that. It's fucking confusing. <sighs> All right. Say you don't want to have a babay. Say you're trying to prevent a babay. Also, again, take this with a grain of salt. We're going to talk at the very end about a news article I found talking about somebody who was trying to use this to prevent or to get rid of a, a, a bebe, but it didn't work out so great. Yeah. So what is this article? This one, you, you, you found this one, right? This is from that site that I mentioned before, that jesterjester.org with all those cool articles. Mm -hmm. And this is called Flowers and Fruits, 2000 Years of Menstrual Regulation. And this was published by the press, the MIT press, and written by Etienne. Etienne Vendewal. That's a pretty name. It is. Etienne. In the wow. Journal of Interdisciplinary History. Drop in here. All right. So despite speculation that, and I tried to summarize this article. It was much longer. So okay. despite speculation that ancient Western couples use plant substitutes for early abortion, evidence suggests otherwise. The distinction between early and late abortions is important, as early abortions were more tolerated and vulnerable to plant substances. Some argue that women in the Middle Ages had knowledge of herbal substances for abortion. However, there is a lack of discussion about why menstrual regulation was sought in a potential pronatal context. The use of the plant substance primarily aimed to stimulate menstruation, with abortion being a rare deviation. The evidence from medical and scientific literature, literature spanning 2,000 years supports this claim. Greek and Roman sources contain references to abortifacients, but such references became less frequent due to religious and moral objections. However, references to... Oh god, that word. 
and and demagorgons Emenagogue? Emenagogue. References to emenagogues or menstrual stimulators are abundant and continue to the present day. These substances were prescribed with caution to avoid interference with pregnancy. While they were used for menstrual regulation, there is little direct evidence to support the claim that they were commonly used for abortion. The intent to abort rather than the effectiveness of these medications is the focus of discussion. The demand for menstrual regulation stemmed from the importance attributed to menstruation in human physiology and pathology during the Middle Ages. Remedies aimed at curing menstrual retention and promoting conception were often indistinguishable. However, scientific details about herbal remedies listed in historical sources are lacking. Overall, the evidence connects Oh, God. Demogorgons. Demogorgons. <laughs> listed in herbal herbals with discussions among physicians about the need for menstrual regulation. So, the humoral theory, dominant among physicians for 2,000 years, emphasized the ex- expulsion of the desired humors. We talked about humors in another episode. Mm. With the menstruation being the primary means for women, retention of menzies was believed to cause, quote, suffocation of the matrix what i'm having a suffocation of the matrix <laughs> that's another arbiter of taste put it oh. on a t-shirt. is that like the, a victorian slang yeah. uh, and various feminine problems were attributed to the uterus often categorized as hysteria hippocrates discussed the importance of stimulating menstruation through aromatic vapor and purgation as well as the health implications of excess or absent menstruation he proposed herbal remedies to induce menstruation and treatments to promote conception. I keep wanting to say constipation. <laughs> conception. Gallen, 130 to 200 AD, to, uh, AD, as well as made multiple references to the Menzies as a perjuration of the body. For example, in the second book of his treatise on semen, devoted to female sperm, he wrote, since the female animal was born weaker, it is also full of residues. And since of all its parts, the generative parts are the weakest. And for that reason, the residual blood goes to them, becoming a healthful perjuration for females prior to conception and matters suitably for nutriment for embryos in the time of pregnancy. Okay, can I just say something? First of all, he's got a point. Menstruation is an act of purgation. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had the period shits? Oh, like, everything's out of you. Everything comes out. <sighs> but then also, this guy has small dick energy, like super small dick energy. Like since the female animal was born weaker, like fuck off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also full of residues, and they're so dirty. Women are just dirty. They're so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck. still in a lot of religions, I think even like you have to remove yourself from like the household. While you're on, you know, because it's unclean. Well, I told you, right, about Indian culture, how if you're pregnant, you cannot go in a temple for a funeral. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I don't understand. Our bodies are amazing. They could do amazing things. We're human. We're of this earth. But in some cultures, it's regarded spiritually as unclean, Mm -hmm. dirty. We're all just human. Live in the human experience. (laughs) This continues on about the the person we just talked about gallon do you want to take it from there so gallon discussed the consequences of menstrual re- retention in his work on hysteria but did not prescribe any medication for it 
Hippocrates' aphorisms had a significant influence on physicians' training and diagnoses for centuries. Later, commentaries emphasized the importance of plant remedies in treating menstrual retention. Stephanus of Athens, a physician from a 6th century school of Alexandria, interpreted Hippocrates' aphorism as a recommendation to avoid abortion by promoting successful reproduction through the use of hot-scented vapor to stimulate menstruation. Another aphorism discussed the need for purging if a woman's menstrual discharge was irregular or lacked color. Medieval commentaries on the aphorisms listed demogorgons, substances (laughs) to stimulate menstruation, and various techniques to provoke menstruation, including potions, fumigations, pessaries, and suppositories. What's a pessary? Do you know what that is? No. Suppository. Isn't this something you shove up your butt your butthole? Yeah. Okay. Or maybe it would be for into their their womb. You would put it. Okay. Got it. So I guess anything you you insert Insert. into the a body orifice. 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 Yeah. The Hippocratic views on using plants, substances for menstrual stimulation, and extracting the dead fetus or placenta. There you go. Placenta. Were not the only ones held by Greek doctors. Serenus, a second century physician, considered menstrual retention as a symptom of underlying morbid conditions that needed specific treatment. He cautioned against the use of irritating substances and advocated sitz baths with emollient mixtures. What the fuck is a a sitz bath? It's, um you like filling a basin of like usually hot water or you could you could add herbs but you sit in it okay oh um, so a sits bath got it yeah yeah. usually a lot of people do it for like hemorrhoids and stuff um i had a cyst removed from my tailbone and they had to like i had to do a bunch of those painful as fuck um i yeah i'm very prone to the to the roids so (laughs) imagine that would feel amazing to sit in a bath of shit um so (laughs) Not shit, but you know, you know what I mean? He also advised against drugs to hasten difficult births or extract the placenta and generally opposed abortion, except for medical reasons. However, Serenus had less influence on medieval practices compared to Hippocrates and Galen. All right. So the Salernitan tradition and the Practica Brevis, or Brevi? How do you say that? I don't fucking know. Breve? Brevi? Brevi? It's probably Brevis. Brevis. We know. We're getting too. We're trying too hard. We're trying to be Patricia too fancy. Brevi. I don't know. Yeah, I know. We're trying to orifice. <laughs> orifice. So the medical school of Salerno, known for its integration of a femi- feminine perspective, including the teachings of the midwife Trotula, produced the Practica Brevis, an Anglo-Norman version of this text written by Johannes II Platerius, discusses diseases of the uterus. It explains the rationale for using demogorgons and their connection to abortion, addressing menstrual retention, overflow, and suffocation of the uterus as consequences of menstrual retention. The superfluities of women are driven out habitually at an established time through a flow that is called the menstrual flow. And if they are retained against nature, several dangerous illnesses come from their retention. If the menstrual flow is retained against nature, then it must be stimulated to come, and whether it is retained by coldness or humor, the treatment is the same. Trifera magna without opium from Thebes or Trani with a wine of the decoction of Artemisia, mugwort, and the said wine, okay, so they put mugwort in a wine? Ooh, hell yeah. Mugwort wine? What? (laughs) And the said wine is good given alone. Oh, here's another a hem- hemagogin, <laughs> a hemagog, 
It is good to give for this cure and also wine with a decoction of savin and dittany, and make her bleed from the vein in the ankle of the foot. Moreover, things must be applied locally. The text then gives recipes for several pessaries. Note that all these things that work to stimulate the menstrual flow work also to extract the afterbirth and the child dead in the womb of its mother and the brother of the Salernitans. That is to say the toad, what? That is to say the toad as it is nourished inside the woman. And what? note that the woman of Salerno worked toward killing the above said toad in the beginning when the woman conceives or when the child starts to live and toward bringing it out by giving them juice of celery or leeks. Did, was that just English what I just read? What? That was all a quote, right? Right? That's yeah. so weird. The fuck? All right. Just you wait. <laughs> just you wait. <laughs> Should I keep going? Yeah. Do you want to take? Okay. No. Okay. Christina's like, no, you speak the Korean. I'm like, what? <laughs> you are fluent in Korean. <laughs> fluent in Korean. Um, that's what that sounded like to me because I didn't understand any of that. Um, many popular tests spanning the period from Paterius to the late 19th century discuss the necessity of the monthly purgation, purgation and the dangers of menstrual retention, according to one 15th century gynecologist. They say, Kind hath ordained women a purgation at certain times of bleeding to make her bodies clean and ool from sickness. Wow. Like that? like that that was really good a text by nicholas fortunus in 1652 summarizes the problem resulting from retention of the courses those diseases that are common both to widows oh this is quote this is a quote those diseases that are common both to widows and wives both to barren women and women that are fruitful as also to young maids and virgins proceed from the retention or stoppage of their courses as the most universal and most usual cause. When these come upon them in a due and regular manner, their bodies are preserved from most terrible diseases, but otherwise they are immediately subject to the falling sickness, the palsy, the consumption, the whites, the mother, the melancholy, burning fever, the dropsy, the inward inflammations of all the principal parts, the suppression okay. of the urine, nauseating, vomiting, loathing in meat, yuxing, and a continual pain in the head arising from ill vapors communicated from the matrix to the brain. Do they call it, is that, is the matrix like just a, a word for uterus in those times? I have no idea, but yuxing or yuxing? <laughs> yuxing. I love that. Yexing. Wait, dude, was... I love that it's all these fucking bros telling us about our fucking cycles. Right. What did it say before? Something, the purgation of the matrix? What did it say? Suffocation. Suffocation of the matrix. Suffocation of the matrix. They need to start like putting that on like Motrin bottles. Yeah. To relieve the suffocation of your matrix. To relieve the suffocation of the matrix. Amazing. Anyway, the concern for the regularity of menstruation reached a peak under the pen of male commentators in the 19th century. Take, for example, the following extract from Walter Johnson's The Morbid Emotions of Women. Oh wow. <laughs> you love this century or what? This wow. is this is all from guys, that site is amazing. Jester.org has some amazing articles. So keep morbid, keep going. The morbid emotions of women. You know, Avi probably could have written this shit after I went to fucking seaside to hunt his ass down <laughs> for giving me shit for having cramps. Oh my god. Oh my god, the morbid emotions of women. I can't. Uh, okay, so quote from this 
from excerpt from this book. The menstrual epoch is one peculiarly exposed to the incursions of disease. Should any accident disturb the natural course of the monthly secretion, should it become excessive or deficient or fail altogether or delay its appearance, 20 different ma maladies are ready to distract the patient. Upon the regular performance of this function, her health and happiness seem henceforward to hinge. All right, Culpepper. Who is Culpepper? And tell us about his complete herbal book from 1655. I want to buy a copy of this because we talk about Nicholas Culpepper a, a few right. times. He's, he's an herbalist. I know Waba channels him on their own quite a bit and we'll talk a little bit more about him coming up but Nicholas Culpepper's complete herbal in 1655 is probably the most popular medical work of the modern period in the English language found common use in Britain and America throughout the 18th century it describes 325 plants of which 80 are said specifically to provoke women's courses and 51 to stay them many of the plants had other gynecological uses as well, such as to expel the afterbirth or dead fetus, to cleanse the matrix, or to help in various ways, all listed without special emphasis on the enumeration of properties and indications. In this dense catalog of uses, the effect of women's courses appears only in passing, so there is astrological information accompanying to each entry. Venus, who exerts the principal influence on the virtue procreative in man and who has a beneficial influence on the organs of generation, commands 20 plants that provoke the courses in women and 17 that stay them. Mars, who in contrast diminishes and purges the virtue procreative, reigns over only 19 plants that provoke the terms and none that stay them. Culpepper defines the action of garden basil, a plant of Mars capable of provoking abortion as well as aiding what? the delivery process in reference to Venus. Quote, it expels both birth and afterbirth, and as it helps the deficiency of Venus in one kind, so it spoils all her actions in another. I dare write no more of it. End quote. <laughs> Culpepper includes a warning to pregnant women and a small number of other cases never concerning plants of Venus. For example, the berries of the bay tree, quote, procure women's courses and seven of them given to women in sore travail of childbirth do cause a speedy delivery and expel the afterbirth and therefore are not to be taken by such as have gone out their time, lest they procure abortion or cause labor too soon, end quote. Similar advice is given for calamint, fern, gentian, stinking goldwin ground pine savine treacle mustard and mithridate mustard i've heard of none of those things i want this book <laughs> what is that what are those this was another interesting article about mugwort and the, the reproductive system um and it's called take back the uterus with the psychedelic herb of the ancient world justina take it away all right, so mugwort was renowned in the medieval world as an abortificant and demagogan, demagogan, amenagog, with the power to stimulate menstruation during late or missed periods. And that is from Van de Waal, 1997. The, the woman we were just talking about. Remember, we were like, oh, oh. she has a pretty name. Oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. 12th century texts extensively describe mugwort as a menstrual tonic, and one 14th century text discusses mugwort's use in expelling dead fetal tissue after the mis a miscarriage. In fact, mugwort has been used by women to covertly and safely abort pregnancies often when it has not been culturally proper to do so. As menstrual irregularity has always been a fact of life, 
a woman a woman in medieval europe might miss a period or two without attracting the raised eyebrows of her neighbor as mugwort was widely used to stimulate healthy and regular menstruation its additional ability as an abortificant created an opportunity for women who wanted to covertly terminate a pregnancy mugwort allowed women to tread an ambiguous line giving them the power to choose if and when they wanted to have a child in a time and culture when those decisions were dictated by fathers husbands and one's place in society Mugwort has long served as one of the first forms of birth control and a means for women to take control of their reproductive rights. Hell yeah. Pregnant women are warned from taking mugwort during pregnancy because it contains compounds that stimulate menstruation and kill fetal tissue. Eucalyptol, also known as 1-8-cineol, is a monoterpene produced in the levels of A. Vulg oh, Artemisia vulgaris. Eucalyptol acts as an abortificant, harming umbilical cells in human fetuses. A negative and B negative thujones, also produced in the leaves, are the psychoactive com compounds found in the drink absinthe, which is brewed from Artemisia absinthium, or wormwood, a close cousin of Artemisia vulgaris. Alpha beta thujones stimulate the muscles of the uterus, and when combined with eucalyptol, account for a variety of mugwort's effects on the female reproductive system. Alberto Puglio, 1978, wrote that. As eucalyptol can act both as an analgesic and a sedative muscle relaxant when combined with the anesthetic properties of a negative thujone, mugwort can be used as a powerful cure for menstrual cramping. And there's a really cool illustration here. It's like a medieval illustration of Ar Artemisia vulgaris. You were thing? skimming through what? What? Oh no, I was just I was looking at the elf. Sh I saw you yesterday when I was like going through the notes. I saw you yeah. put something about elf shot, but then I see this morning that you like elaborated on the whole elf shot thing, and now I'm intrigued. I'm like, oh, what yeah. is this, what is this elf shot <laughs> rabbit hole that we're about to venture down? I'm about it. Can't okay, wait. I got the I got the elf shot. I got the elf shot. You were kind of skimming through your Scott Cunningham's book. You want me to go through uh, that? Yeah. Do you just to see if there's anything we missed? I don't. I'm not positive where some of this is coming from. I didn't see a Scott Cunningham resource link, right. but just just so okay. we're on, if we cover all our yeah. bases. You know, a lot of like magical correspondences that I seem to find around the interwebs. Whenever I like compare them to my Scott Cunningham Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs, it's the same information. So I think it okay. just it's just the same stuff circulating. I think a lot of these like online blogs and like people doing these like online grimoires, they're all pulling from. I'm pretty sure they're all okay. pulling from this book. Okay. So the the magical correspondences that you have listed here are the same ones in here, as well as like okay. the planetary associations, astrological associations. So, uh, so mugwort, as said from the Scott Cunningham encyclopedia of magical herbs um artemisia vulgaris also goes by artemis herb artemisia felon herb all the ones you read before muggins naughty man old man uncle muggins. henry sailor tobacco blah 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 saint john's plant another one the gender is feminine the planet is venus um it's ruled by the element of earth and deities artemis and diana the powers are strength, psychic powers, protection, prophetic dreams, healing, and astral projection. Mm -hmm. And as far as magical uses, you can place mugwort in the shoes to gain strength during long walks or runs. As we read before, soldiers used to put them in their mugwort in their shoes to heal, like help their feet from long marches. Um, for this purpose, pick pick mugwort before sunrise, saying. 
Tolam te armija, nelasis sim in via. A pillow stuffed with mugwort and slept upon will produce prophetic dreams. Mugwort is also burned with sandalwood or wormwood during scrying rituals, and a mugwort infusion is drunk, sweetened with honey, before divination. The infusion is also used to wash crystal balls and magic mirrors, and mugwort leaves are placed around the base of the ball or beneath it to aid in psychic workings. When carrying mugwort, you cannot be harmed by poison, wild beasts, or sunstroke, according to ancient tra tradition. Wow. In a building, mugwort prevents elves and evil thinges from entering, and bunches of mugwort are used in Japan by the anus. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I said that wrong. Okay. Wait, wait. Okay. How do you say this word? A-I-N-U-S. Anus? Inus? 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 I don't know. <laughs> by the, the anus. anus. <laughs> i can't with this episode um holy shit um to exercise spirits of disease who are thought to hate the odor in china it is hung over doors to keep evil spirits from buildings mugwort is also carried to increase lust and fertility to prevent backache and to cure disease and madness placed next to the bed it aids in achieving astral projection so that's all it says in this book okay. by Scott Cunningham. Yeah. What do you have there? In the, the only a, the only additional thing on here is that it lists the astrological associations, which are Taurus and Libra, and the chakra associations are the third eye and the crown, which makes sense because you're elevated consciously. Yes. Um, the magical properties was was on point, but it also includes protection. And the healing properties, they just listed out a little more as indigestion, regulates menstruation, mild sedative, uh, cold and fever. It's good for cold and fever, uh, probably because it promotes your, your blood flow uh, yeah. and an antiseptic. All right. So this is an article from OutdoorApothecary.com. And this says, many people who see this plant growing think it's just a weed, but we herbalists and wild crafters know better. Mugwort is a stately self-assured perennial plant that can reach heights of over six feet. Its tall summer presence is found in many locations, ranging from waysides, roadsides, waste grounds, and between forests and fields. Its magical culinary and med medicinal properties have been known and valued by cultures throughout history. So according to tradition, as far as history, folklore, and magic are concerned, mugwort was known as the witch's herb and aptly renamed by some as cronewort. Historically, it was placed by the door of the local witch, healer, and midwife. It was also used as a symbol that would be hung on the door or planted outside. Its scientific name, Artemisia, may give us a clue as to the powers of this herb. We said this before, named after the Greek moon goddess Artemis, who was known for her patronage of women in all phases of their lives, especially at the onset of menstruation in childbirth and during menopause so the triple goddess basically mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. uh, um maiden mother crone it is easy to see what uses this herb has so this plant has earned the title quote mother of herbs for its use in treating female reproductive disorders and for regulating menstrual cycles some people call it the old woman and consider it to be a manifestation of ancestral wisdom and feminine qualities in shamanistic cultures it was used to facilitate communication with ancestors and the spirit 
world. People drank it as a tea or tonic at bedtime or placed bundles of the herb under pillows to induce lucid dreams. In medieval times, this herb passed from the pagan goddess Artemis to the Christian Saint John the Baptist, which is what Saint John's wort is named after, right? Hmm. Uh, The saint carried the herb into the wilderness with him to ward off evil. This led to, quote, St. John's girdle and the wearing of a mugwort garland on St. John's Day while dancing around a ceremonial fire. The garland would be tossed into the fire to ensure protection for the following year. In some places, this ritual is still performed today. And everybody gets fucking high as balls. Oh, they're all tripping, tripping balls on the shit. All right. So we have a little bit more about Culpepper. So you want to tell us more about him? Yeah, this, I think, is straight out of his book, The Complete Herbal, circa 1850. Is that Victorian times? I guess it would be considered. Yeah, that's like the Industrial Revolution era, right? All right. So it says, Common mugwort hath derives leaves lying upon the ground, very much divided, or cut deeply in about the brims, somewhat like wormwood, much larger, of a dark green color on the upper side, and very hoary, white underneath, (laughs) white underneath. I guess that means hairy. Uh-huh. The stalks rise to be four or five feet high, having on it such le- such like leaves as those below, but somewhat smaller, branching forth very much toward the top, whereon are set very small, pale, yellowish flowers like buttons, which fall away, and after them come small seeds enclosed in round heads. The root is long and hard, with many small fibers growing from it, whereby it takes strong hold on the ground. But both stalks and leaves do lie down every year, and the root shoots anew in the spring. The whole plant is of a reasonable scent and is more easily propagated by the slips than the seeds. That is tr- that much I think is true. Like I propagated mine so easily. I literally just dug up the root, planted it in another pot, put dirt, packed it in with dirt, watered it, and it's like oh. multiplied. This guy's this guy's onto something. He says it grows p- plentifully in many places of the land. I don't know what accent I'm doing anymore. By the water sides, but also by small water courses and divers other places. I'm guessing, yeah. All right, places where earth has been disturbed. And the time (laughs) it flowers, it flowers and seeds in the end of summer. Government and virtues. This is an herb of Venus, therefore maintains the part of the body she rules, remedies the disease of the parts that are under her sign, Taurus and Libra. Mugwort is- Dude, dude, wait, wait. Those are my parents. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) dude, I love- The fact that you found this as a practicing witch woman- you know, and your parents are Taurus and Libras? Uh-huh. Pretty incredible. Yeah. Mug- uh, mugwort is good with success. Put among other herbs uh, that are boiled for women to apply the hot decoction to draw down their horses to help the delivery of birth and expel the afterbirth. As so for the obstructions and inflammations of the mother. It breaks the stone and opens the uterary passage where they are stopped. The, ju- <laughs> the juice there... <laughs> The juice thereof, made up of myrrh and put under as a pessiary, works the same effect. And so does the roots also. Being made up of the hog's grease into an ointment, it takes away wens and hard knots and kernels that grow about the neck and throat, and eases the pain about the neck more effectively. And some field daisies be put with it. The herb itself being fresh and the juice thereof taken is a special remedy upon much... <laughs> oh, goddamn... Upon the overmuch taking of opium. Oh, shit. Okay. Caught me off guard with that one there, Nicholas. (laughs) Three drams of the powder of the dried leaves 
taken in wine is a speedy and the best certain help for the sciatica. A decoction thereof made with chamomile and agrimony placed bathed within while it is warm. Take away the pains and of the sinews and the cramps. Hurry. I'm going to keep that in mind. Dude, I have the worst sciatica sometimes. Like when I'm like gardening for extensive periods of time. Well, specifically when I was trying to pull up those lily bulbs on the side of the house. Yeah. I'm an idiot. I was trying to do this by hand. And like Avi just comes along. He's like, let's just rent a tiller. And he does it in like two seconds. Yeah. I was in so much pain after that. Like I took a, I took a like a hot bath, and I had like what's that that that, that like hot stuff you put on Bengay or like something oh, like yeah. that, yeah. like and Tiger Balm or Icy yeah, Hot. Yeah. I was like putting that shit on for like a week after that. It was so painful. But now that I know, no. maybe I'll just make a mugwort salve or something. And I wonder if you could my... throw like some mugwort in your bath. In my bath. <gasps> Ooh, do you think I'll trip balls in the bath by like that? Probably. Fun. <laughs> well because like it's getting into your bits you know your yeah. downstairs bits so like the flying ointment oh man you're on to something oh. guys don't do any of this okay don't do this don't, don't listen to us all right this next article is also from that jester.org and i couldn't access the full article because you need like a school or like a, a university library login but if you have either of those and you're interested in this topic, it seems this seems like a really amazing resource. It's literally called Mugwort Lore by mm-hmm. Edward A. Armstrong, but he wrote this for the Folklore Journal. And it, this is just a summation, a little a little information about the journal itself. And again, if you have the the library or school login, you can get the full article. We'll list it. So the journal information, folklore is a fully peer-reviewed international journal of folklore and folklorists. It is one of the earliest English language journals in the field of folkloristics, first published as the Folklore Record in 1878. It publishes ethnographical and analytical essays on vernacular culture worldwide, specializing in traditional language, narrative, music, song, dance, drama, foodways, medicine, arts and crafts, and popular religion and belief. It reviews current scholarship in a wide range of adjacent disciplines, including cultural studies, popular culture, cultural anthropology, ethnology, and social history. Folklore prides itself on its special mix of ethnography, analysis, and debate, formal and informal articles, reviews, essays, and bibliographies. It encompasses both North American and European approaches to the study of folklore and covers not only the materials and processes of folklore, but also the history, methods, and theory of folklorists. The journal aims to be lively, informative, and accessible while maintaining high standards of scholarship. If any of you guys can log in, I don't go to school anymore. I tried using because I have a library card at my local library. It didn't pop up, so I think they're looking for for a larger... Stu- yeah, for students. Actual students. Yes. Yeah. So, so if, if you, you want to hook some of us up. A, if you have a student ID, that's what you use to get into this? I I guess. I don't have either, so. All right. I love this site. This site is so cool. It is cool. But they, they also have, like, some free articles too, right? Yes, they do. Yeah. We get, like, a lot of the other stuff, like, from another episode. We had a lot of stuff from there. Yeah, and one of our earlier things we talked about on here was also from there. All right, so we're going to talk about how you can use mugwort in your sacred work and how to use it as a ritual tool. And this article is by Selena Fox 
from circlesanctuary.org, and we'll link this below. So mugwort, Artemisia vulgaris, is a versatile sacred herb. It can be used for spiritual cleansing, protection, healing, and consecration, and it can aid in dream work, trance, and intuitive development. Associated with the full moon, with the summer solstice since ancient times, mugwort also is suitable for rituals year-round. It can be used as a ritual tool in many ways, and here are some of them. Wait, they were coming back from their quote-unquote summer solstice thing. That's right. Do you think Franny had mugwort on her mind? Do you think they were doing mugwort at the summer solstice? Do you think she had mugwort in her purse and that's why she thought of it? She was like, oh, let me just- She probably had it in her shoes, too. Get some mugwort out of my shoe and put it on your face, Jillian. (laughs) She wart. And put it on your face. Oh my god. Okay, go ahead. Garlands, crowns, and reeds. Oh, what? Didn't the girls have on garlands and crowns when they got out of the cab? Do you think they had I think she had, yeah, they had them in their hair. I wonder if she had any mugwort in there. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So a garland crown or ritual head wreath can be easily fashioned from one or more freshly cut mugwort stalks. Select a young, supple stalk at least two feet in length. Begin forming the circle of the crown by gently bending the stalk at its midpoint and then interweaving it upon itself. About halfway through the interweaving process, try your crown on and then adjust it so that it fits comfortably on your head. When you're done, trim off any excess leafless stalk. If you prefer to have lots of foliage on your crown, make the initial circlet a bit bigger and then weave several more additional stalks around it, one at a time. Start each new stalk at a different point along the circle in order to distribute foliage equally around the perimeter. For the freshest look, make your crown within an hour of starting your ritual. Ritual wreaths for decorating doors, shrines, deity images, and altars can be made in a similar fashion and can be any size. Dried wreaths hung on or above doorways are wonderful house blessing charms. Pretty sure it'll look like really pretty like once once the uh, flowers bud or yes. begin to bud on the mugwort. I've never seen mugwort flowers, so I can only imagine what they look like. Um, so I'll let you know in a what I guess, color you have. Yeah, I'll let you know in in August or whenever they bloom. I'll let okay. you know colors they are. Great. Um, yeah, I'm wondering if the the flowers on the girls' flower crowns were mugwort flowers. All right, so how can we use mugwort as a smoke cleansing? So you can make a cleansing stick from thoroughly dried sprigs of mugwort leaves. Cut dried stalks with leaves still on them into fairly equal lengths. 12 to 18 inches is a convenient size for these cleansing sticks for more ritual work. Use five to nine stalks per stick bundle. Prior to bundling, remove leaves from the lower two inches of each stalk to use as a handle. Then, form the stick by wrapping the stalks into a bundle together with cotton string, dental floss, thin jute twine, or some other thin, burnable cord or natural fiber. Bind the stalks securely together, and not so tightly that the burning will be impaired. Tie the cord around the bundle at the top of the handle area, and then spiral it around the bundle, from the base to the top, and then crisscrossing back to the base again. Tie off the cord upon returning to the base, and cut off any surplus cord. Store completed mugwort cleansing sticks in a dry, dark place until needed. Light the tip of the cleansing stick and let it burn for several moments, then gently blow out the flame so that only glowing embers and smoke remain. Wave the burning stick back and forth to move the smoke around to consecrate the ritual space and participants. If you wish to only use part of the cleansing stick, extinguish its glowing end in a small bucket of moist sand when you're done. You can use it for offerings and wands as well. 
Um, you can use fresh or dry leaves, flowers or sprigs. Either one can be used as an offering in personal or group rituals. Leave mugwort offerings at a shrine, place on the ground, or cast into a sacred fire. Which, hey, we put the fire guard. Fire guard. Right? Perfect mm -hmm. for this episode. Mm -hmm. So, wands. Is that, is that not the same thing? Like a smoke cleansing stick and a wand? I don't think so, because traditionally aren't wands to you use to like to direct energy direct energy okay yeah, is that what they're going i at? guess so use dried sturdy mature stalks that are at least a quarter inch thick carefully trim off any dried side branches and leaves then cut the wand to the desired length a traditional size for a personal wand is the distance between your elbow and the tip of your middle finger of your dominant hand. Although not as durable as those fashioned of hardwood, mugwort wands are easy to make and use and are excellent for work with the fae and in communing with ancestors. Because they are lightweight, they are good first wands for children. An asperging wand can be made from a fresh sprig of mugwort, clipped just prior to use. Remove a few leaves on the bottom of the sprig to form the handle, but keep the rest of the leaves on. Dip the mugwort spurging wand into a chalice or bowl of ritual water and then flick water droplets onto the place, ritual objects, or participants for consecration. Oh, I okay. love that. I like that, yeah. Especially uh, as like a first wand for a kiddo. It's right. really cute. It is cute. You can use mugwort as sacred fire kindling. So dried mugwort stalks can be burned in combination with oak and other sacred woods in ceremonial fires. Broken into one to two foot lengths, mugwort stalks can serve as excellent kindling material in building bale fires and sun wheels. Mugwort stalks can also be added once a fire is burning to add aroma and to brighten the flames. Dried mugwort leaves and flowers are also good additives to sacred fires. And I'm sure if you're inhaling that smoke near a mugwort bonfire, that must be a good fucking time. <laughs> and keep in mind, like, didn't it say this grows to six feet tall? Oh, yeah. Like, undisturbed. So, yeah, like, if you're trying to, in addition, like, help your little ecosystem because it's so invasive and you want to you keep it, but you can thin it out, yeah. perfect. Like, yeah, use it. Use it to your benefit. Yeah, obviously, stop mowing over the mugwort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You can use it in a dream pillow. For a large-sized dream pillow, take a cotton pillowcase liner, stuff it with dried mugwort leaves to the desired thickness, and then securely shut the end. You know, I think that's maybe what I'll do with the mugwort. Just, just to dip my toe in the little, you like, sure. using it. Because, I mean, it's supposed to be great for lucid dreams, so. I think that's a great well. way to use it. Dude, I've been having some crazy-ass dreams lately, and I. Oh, jeez, as it is? Work. Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Um, anyway, another type of dream pillow is a mugwort sachet. Cut two pieces of cloth of equal size. Most mugwort dream sachets are square or rectangular since they are easiest to make, but they can be any shape and size. Place the right size of the fabric pieces together and stitch a half-inch seam nearly completed around the edges. Turn the sachet bag inside out, fill it with mugwort leaves, and then hand sew the opening shut. Place this sachet under your regular pillow or inside a pillowcase. Connect with your mugwort sachet or pillow just after getting into bed. Touch it and smell its fragrance as you do with an affirmation to bless sleep, guide dreaming, and aid dream recall and interpretation upon awakening. And if you're going to fucking do this, you better have a friggin' notepad and pen next to your bed to record all of that crazy ass shit that you just experienced in dreamland absolutely right please let me know when you do this i really want to hear <laughs> right. if anything happens all right i will yeah. what else you got 
potions and watches. Okay. So select a focus and then keep keep it in mind throughout your mugwort potion preparation process. As you begin, ask the spirit of mugwort to guide and aid your work. Bring a quart of good quality water to a boil in an enamelware cauldron or glass cooking pot. Turn off the heat after the water comes to a boil. Add either a handful of dried mugwort leaves or three handfuls of fresh leaves and flowers. Stir the mugwort around in the water with a wooden spoon as you chant your intentions, such as bring healing to me or cleansing or power of protection. The form of your chant is up to you. It can be an incantation that you have learned from others or one that you have written or adapted. Build energy as you chant and stir. Then peak the energy, stop stirring, and direct the energy raised into the potion through the stirring spoon and your hands. Cover the potion with the lid. Let the solution steep at least 13 minutes. Strain through a mesh screen. Use immediately or for later use, pour into a glass jar with a tight fitting lid and store in a refrigerator for up to three days. Depending on the focus of the potion, you may drink it or add to your ritual bath water. I think I might try that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. A mugwort potion can also be used as a cleansing wash for sacred objects such as crystals and magic mirrors if you do a lot of scrying. Yeah, um, so, great. Yeah. For use in scrying, place a mugwort potion in a dark colored ritual bowl and meditatively gaze into it in subdued light. In addition, mugwort can also be used as a sacred flavoring in ritual brews and foods. Amulets. At the culmination of a home blessing rite, hang a fresh mugwort sprig above the main door in your home for protection and good fortune. Hang a mugwort sprig or wreath above your bed to bless sleep and dreaming. Fill an amulet bag with mugwort, energize it, and wear it around your neck for healing, spiritual growth, and intuition. Put a pouch of mugwort in the glove compartment of your vehicle or hang a mugwort amulet bag from your, your rear view mirror to bless your travels. In addition, mugwort can be combined with other ingredients in making amulets and charms for a variety of purpose. And lastly, Incorporate mugwort into your sacred space. You can grow mugwort in a ritual garden, create a year-round ceremonial circle with a mugwort hedge. <gasps> That's oh, god fabulous. damn. That's how you get fucking fairies in your yard. Yeah. Grow wow. mugwort next to your home to bless and protect it. Meditate and commune with living mugwort for re relaxation, healing, and inspiration. So thank you to whatever bird pooped a little mugwort seed into my lawn because... <laughs> It knew a fucking witchy lived here. That's a really, a lot of those are really good ideas. And it sounds like you can use them, even though you do have like a ragweed allergy. Mm -hmm. Like you might still be able to do the little pillow. That might be the best way to start off like really small and see if you have a reaction. Yeah. I Because you don't want to immerse yourself in a bath and then well, be like, right. I, fu I fucked up. But I mean, I drink a lot of chamomile tea and oh, chamomile okay. is also part of the ragweed family and chamomile doesn't affect me like ragweed does. Oh, good. So yeah, I good. guess it's trial and error. Try a little bit of it at a time. See if it has any kind of effect. And then if it doesn't, I'm going to go balls in the wall. <laughs> I'll trip them balls. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. I can't wait for Christina. Salem. Christina. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell me about the elf shot? Elf shot. All right. It's so metal. It is. Okay. So you start a metal band called Elf Shot? Absolutely. They go on, they're going on tour. I heard they're going on tour with Coffin Cutter. Coffin Cutter and their lead singer is Wormwood. Wormwood. And their backup singer is Mugwort. Wormwood, the guy that could get you anything. <laughs> anything you want. Yeah. I'm listing this because Mugwort is said to either alleviate Elf Shot or cure it or I don't know. But 
I first heard of <laughs> the fucking elf shot on, of course, which pajamager hour and also on the uncle Bob's magical cabinet podcast. So the Anglo-Saxon or British people believed that it would heal elf shot. Mugwort could heal it. They couldn't always wrap their minds around sickness at the time. And they thought if you became ill for no reason, or you were down with the sickness, you <laughs> had been shot by the arrow of an elf. Fuck, hashtag Legolas. Holy shit. So Mugwort was a protector against elf shot. Elf shot was a medical condition mentioned in the Anglo-Saxon texts like weed French dice. That's not how you say it. I don't know how to say this. Wait, can I just say like Orlando Bloom can shoot me any fucking day. Oh shit. <laughs> I will gladly take some elf shot if he's the fucking elf. <laughs> uh, well, listen to this before you make your judgments. You might okay. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Okay. So the the text that I could not pronounce is attributed to the belief that elves shoot invisible arrows at individuals or animals, typically cattle, resulting in sudden shooting pains localized to the specific body areas. This reminds me of like um Cupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, modern diagnoses, diagnoses, diagnoses align yeah. elf shot with rheumatism, arthritis, muscle stitches, or cramps. Old English term, gift horse offstenstein. Gift horse offstenstein. Alludes to elf shot as an internal injury. However, the term elfshagoda Described internal pain from jaundice or a bile disorder may be a more fitting interpretation. Although there is no evidence supporting the idea of elves causing pain through arrow shots, beliefs persist that attribute pain to elves with the possibility of employing charms for exorcism purposes. Diamonds! Diamonds! <laughs> Elf shot is associated with Neolithic flint arrows. And there are, I think there were pictures on, on this as well. We'll link it. Uh, and the temptations of the devil. Preventative or curative measures for elf shot include attending church on the first Sunday of the season or utilizing a charm made of feverfew, red nettle, and whey bread, all possessing vaguely spear-shaped leaves. When dealing with cattle, an alternative option involves folding a sewing needle into a torn page of a psalms book and placing it in the animal's hair can i just say it's amazing that the catholic guilt here like you're gonna get the elf shot if you don't fucking go to church on sunday like go to church fuck man it's Dude, they still do that if you miss a mass you can't go up and receive the communion so like if you're going to church every every week and you go to get the communion and then that one week you don't go and then that and then you stay seated they're like oh they must have not gone to confession yeah yeah mm. yeah charlatan get out get Char out <laughs> charlatan notably the belief in elf shot remained common in scotland and northern england until the 18th century mm -hmm. affecting not only animals but humans as well physicians would fail to find any physical evidence of an elf shot wound suggesting that the illness represented a physical manifestation of an internal ailment rather than the prowess of an elf marksman during the Scottish witch trials, the case of Bessie Dunlop exemplified the belief. Also, Waba has a great episode on Bessie Dunlop. Go oh, yeah? That. All right, I gotta go check yeah. that out now. <laughs> exemplifies the belief in elf shot afflictions. Dunlop confessed that while working alongside Tom Reed, a deceased servant of the Queen of Elfham, Elfame, Elfame, she sought the guidance on assisting those who had been <laughs> elf grip it. 
<laughs> Although the etymology of the term grippet is explored, the effect of perceived affliction by fairies remains similar. In the Laknunga, an invocation called the Nine Herbs Prayer can be found, which S.E.S. Eberly theorizes may have aided practitioners in timing their preparations. The knowledge of medicine and healthy practices of our ancestors primarily comes from old English medical texts. Preserved books like Bald's Leech Book, Leech Book 3, and the Laknaga. We talked about leech books in our grimoire episode. Did we? They're just medical texts. Okay. Yeah. Held by the British Library, offer insight into these practices. Bald ordered the compilation of these leech book texts around 900, but the surviving copies are actually transcriptions of a 6th century manuscript, making it challenging to determine the exact age of many remedies included. It is worth noting that Bald's leech book contains both Mediterranean medicine and local practices, indicating the exchange and potential trade of medicinal knowledge during that period. While Volume 1 of the Leech Book addresses external issues, Volume 2 focuses on internal complaints. Volume 3 and the Lechnunga compile medicinal remedies, invocations, and magic charms to ward off supernatural ailments. The Lechnunga, written in a combination of Old English, Old Irish, and Latin, dates back to the late 10th or early 11th century and can be viewed on the British Library's website. Oh, oh did you want to say something? No, I want to go check that out. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah okay. let's link that. Uh, one particular remedy mentioned in the text involves boiling mugwort, plantain, shepherd's purse, nettle, betony, chamomile, crabapple, sh- chervil, and fennel, mixing them with soap and creating a salve to treat skin infections. Wow. Julian Walker highlights the significant role of herbs in medicine during that era, noting the challenge of identifying specific plants due to name changes over time. Leech book three specifically includes remedies utilizing only native british plants nowadays we know viruses and bacteria cause many illnesses venom or toxins cause other ailments the discovery of bacteria in 1676 seemed to hasten the end of a waning belief in elves it would take until the 19th century and the work of lewis pasteur around germ theory before the true cause of of many complaints became known yet some of the old english remedies no doubt continued to work so these people wow. were shit for a really long time wow that's crazy, that's, crazy. Mm-hmm. that's so funny that they think a little elf is giving them this down making them. down with the sickness down with the sickness. um how can we use mugwort for clairvoyance because we me. talked a little bit about remember uh vincent in the books he used it in a tea maria used it in a tea clairvoyant for, tea for clairvoyance yeah. okay so, okay Let's see. So this is from the White Witch Parlor. Do you follow her at all? I do. Yeah, she's yeah. she's great. She also has a YouTube channel. She's got a lot of really cool mm-hmm. videos. Um, her Instagram feed is gorgeous, mm-hmm. and her pro- her product packaging gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's on just, top of it. She's witch goals. Yeah. Um, but White Witch Parlor says Mongawar has been used by magical practitioners for ages or for ages as dream associative and enhancing psychic skills. It calms the energy of a person, especially when ingested as a tea, and helps to awaken the third eye, aiding in deeper subconscious travel and spirit world communications. It enhances dream work, helping one to better recall dreams for journaling and deciphering messages. 
When burned as an incense at Samhain, it works as an offering to call upon the ancestors, creating a stronger bond between the thin veil of the physical world and the spirit world. Mugwort is an important herb to incorporate into practice when one is trying to awaken their psychic senses and evolve spiritually. Some of the magical uses are clairvoyance, protection, prophetic dreams, warding off evil, purification, astral projection, ancestor contact, spirit realm, third eye awakening, consecration of divinatory tools, dream work, lucid dreaming, seance work, and psychic skills. So a magical tip that White Witch gives us. Add a pinch of mugwort to your divination tools when in safekeeping to keep their energy and aura protected, strong, and enhanced. And enchanted. You can make a tincture of mugwort, adding other clairvoyant crystals to the mix, and using the tincture as a consecration wash for your divination tools to enhance their metaphysical powers and become a stronger aid in clairvoyant practices. Holistically, you can use a tea of mugwort, which can aid in sleep and dream recall. It can be added to massage oils or bath waters to calm anxieties and insomnia. Freshly crushed mugwort leaves can be added to scratches, burns, or cuts to alleviate skin irritation. So I guess the ants were onto something when they applied it to Jillian's shiner. Yeah. And the White Witch Parlor sells these on her website for $20 per 1.25 ounce jar. How can we use mugwort in our lucid dreaming? This article is from CommonwealthHerbs.com. So, mugwort is the primary herb that they recommend for dream work in this article. It is inexpensive, ubiquitous as a human following in a sitting, thriving, weedy herb, and entirely reliable for its effects on dreaming. Those effects are best described as intensifying or enhancing to dream texture resolution complexity and recall. So you're going from like a 72 DPI to like a 300. You're getting like the Ooh, high def Blu-ray. I like right? that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> if you're, you were as an artist, if you're a graphic designer, you know what she's talking about. If not, <laughs> sorry. And recall, which is really like half the battle is fucking remembering your dream. Right. You wake up. Yeah. Mugwort quote, takes it up a level end quote, from your habitual dream state. If you tend not to remember anything about your dreams, mugwort will help you recollect bits and pieces. If you have a spotty recall, it will help you construct a more complete narrative thread. If you dream only in black and white, mugwort can induce colors. These often appear in the order they arise during infant visual development, red and yellow first, followed by the greens and blues and purples. If you have solely visual dreams, mugwort can enhance dreams that might have other senses engaged, like sound, touch, smell, and taste, which tend to emerge in that order. If you already have good dream recall and rich texture to your dreams, you may begin to become aware of your dream state while dreaming with mugwort. Then you are ready to practice lucid dreaming, which is the active manipulation of the dream state at will. Mugwort alone won't make you a lucid dreamer overnight. This is a practice that requires constant effort, including mindset managing and the intention setting practice before bed, such as breathwork, visualization, and meditation. Keeping a dream journal is an important method for bolstering dream recall and enabling you to identify reoccurring patterns in your dreams. Dude, did you ever see the movie Waking Life? No. It's nuts. What? Okay, so it's 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 a, like a live action film. It was filmed live action, right? But then there's like animation put on top of the live action. So it looks like the actors are cartoons, but it's just like an effect, Weird. right? And kind of like whole... Donnie Darko. Didn't they do that in that? No, 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 no. This is like a whole other 
ball game. Oh God. All right. If you are tripping on something while watching this movie, watch out. It's going to be another experience. But basically, the whole movie is based oh. on, on the presence of dreams. Have you seen it? No. Sorry. Not Donnie Darko. A Scanner Darkly. Yes. Yep. Okay. okay. Yep. 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 Same. I think. Same. I hate that. Oh, I hate it. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's like the uncanny valley. Like something is fucking wrong here. Something's off here. Yeah. So, well, the whole entire movie, not a Skinner Darkly, but uh, Waking Life, the whole entire movie is, it's kind of like one long dream. Like none of the, none of the scenes are cohesive. Everything seems like fragmented and like everything kind of just like drifts in and out of each other. Kind of like a dream. Like, you know, when you dream, it's like fragmented and like you. How did you find this movie? Oh, this is an old movie. I think when I was in art school, some, some kid was like talking about it one day and I was Was like, on Mugwort. Oh, probably. And I was like, I need, <laughs> I need to fucking see this shit. So then I downloaded it at the time. You could download movies back then. Yeah. Uh, and I watched it and I was like just blown away. And there's one scene where they were talking about lucid dreaming and how um, if you're in a dream, the way that you can like go into a lucid dream or be lucid dreaming is basically the act of becoming aware that you're dreaming. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. then you can kind of start to control your dream. Mm-hmm. So in the movie, there's a scene where they're talking about how you can figure out if you're in a dream. You go over to like a light switch and like turn on the light switch or something. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's how you can like, I guess, activate like that that's part cool. of your brain that's telling you you're in a dream. Okay. And then once you're aware that you are dreaming, then you can inherently kind of control things within your dream. Yeah. I've also heard look at your phone, like in your dream, take your phone out of your pocket and if, or look at a clock. Uh-huh. Like, look at a clock, try to think of the time, look away and look back at the clock. And if it's like all yeah. fucked up or a different time, then you're like, oh, I'm dreaming. There's a few different methods, but the, the, the movie, if you can get a hold of it, you can, if you could find it, it's fucking bananas. And I would love to watch it with you. Okay. It, it's just, it's really cool. <laughs> but it just made me think of that because it's like. It's also giving, yeah, giving in Inception vibes, vibes mm-hmm. also, which hashtag Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Is he, is he in that movie? Leonardo and then also what's his name Joseph Gordon Levitt Levitt yes okay he was in that movie but Titanic Titanic it's all connected it's all connected (laughs) and what was it like the thing at the top at the end when it's like spinning Mm -hmm. right that if he's dreaming it'll keep spinning Uh but if it falls over he's awake but they cut it the cliffhanger at the very ending yeah I love I love 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 all the like deep trivia that goes along with like what's happening what he's seeing what the dreams represent everything oh. you want to like i fucking hate myself for this but the first time i ever saw that movie in a movie theater i fell asleep and i think it was because i was just like working crazy hours at that time i was up super early and we went to see this movie we went into like a 10 o'clock showing like oh. what the fuck? so i didn't give this movie the proper like viewing that it should have had because mm-hmm. i walked away from that experience being like oh that movie was boring i fell asleep but no yeah. i watched it again like recently like a year oh, okay. ago and i was just like blown away i was like this movie is amazing how the fuck did i fall asleep during this shit? <laughs> and then the ending is just like what what wow yeah i want to know yeah. like what the fuck it, what what did the what did the top do did it stop did it keep going what is he in a dream <laughs> what there's so many questions tom hardy's in that movie also and he's a snack a snack um but that also have you ever seen shutter island we're getting so off yes. topic okay I, that one's an amazing one too yeah but we're getting okay. to the end we're getting to the end of our yeah yeah yeah. okay we'll circle back here yeah, yeah. um i did not see Bersidia had anything to say about mugwort, mugwort? okay nope. all nope. right 
All right, so um, we're gonna do the waking life party watch party. Me and you, okay. we're, gonna, we're gonna do that. Um, wouldn't it be some shit if we like if we did our little mugwort? Uh, what was, what was the word? Muxibok? Mu <laughs> Moxie Bustian. Moxie Bustian. <laughs> if we Moxie had a little uh, mugwort Moxie Bustian, and then we pop this fucking movie on. Holy shit! Oh man! All right, put it on the list. Waking <laughs> life. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're going to leave you with some some interesting tidbits about mugwort, and then Christina's going to tell us a little bit about women who've tried herbal abortions who actually urge others not to follow their lead. They've had some very unfortunate experiences. So not to scare you guys off before we uh, close out here, but we just want you to proceed with caution before yes. experimenting with anything and, you know, use at your discretion, check with your doctor, etc. Um, so here are some interesting tidbits about mugwort. It is considered invasive, which we talked about, and it apparently has an unpleasant smell. Romans would plant it alongside roadsides so people could pick some and place it in their shoes, granting the traveler a safe journey. Before hops, it was used to brew beer, which we talked about before. Some people even use it has used it in wine. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's associated with Pisces because they're the dreamers of the zodiac, and mugwort is the dream plant. In Lithuania, it's used to get rid of flies. Hang a stem or bunch of mugwort by the window or in a room, and the flies will land on it. Then set an old pillowcase and carefully raise it over the whole, I guess, the whole branch with the flies, and then the flies will be drowsy. Tie the pillow closed and then dunk it in the river. Oh my drown, god. Drown the flies. <laughs> wow. Really, that took a really dark turn. Yeah. Um, so one preliminary study shows that a topical lotion containing mugwort and menthol relieves itching associated with hypertrophic scars from severe burns. Because it's only a very small study, definite conclusions cannot be made. And then lastly, this is by Sarah Kaufman, uh, written last year, July of last year. It is also, excuse me, it's written by Rania. Rania? By Rania Sarah. Oh, goddamn. How do you say her name? Soturdo? Written by Rhiannon. Oh, my God. Rhiannon. Soturdo and Sarah Kaufman. <laughs> it's called uh, Women Who've Tried Herbal Abortions. They Urge Others Not to Follow Their Lead. Okay. So it says using herbs to end pregnancy can be harmful. Overconsumption of pennyroyal and mugwort, for example, can cause liver failure, according to Ryan Marino the medical director of toxicology and addiction at the University Hospitals in Cleveland. Marino said that he has had several extreme cases of herbal poisoning among his patients, including some who had suffered seizures. Pennyroyal is extremely dangerous, he says. Quote, even in cases where people don't get symptomatic or don't end up hospitalized, it's associated with long-term cancer risks. Marino said, quote, it's also a known carcinogen. And every time those molecules are in your body, they're doing something bad there. So this is just pennyroyal, not mugwort that he's talking about? Mugwort included because it's, oh, okay. It has the same stuff, I guess. Got it. Marino said it is difficult to find data on the prevalence of herbal abortion attempts unless a woman discloses it to her doctor that she has taken a specific herb. It's hard to link particular symptoms to its consumption. So mothers who tried using herbs in the past hope their children never do. Rachel Morgan, 43, said she turned to herbs in 2006 while experiencing a miscarriage. She believed the blue and black koha she consumed may have helped her pass tissue more quickly. But Morgan of San Jose, California, said she does not recommend the practice and is terrified by the misinformation she sees on social media about 
herbal abortifacients or substances that can help induce abortions. Quote, I'm not sure what's scarier, the herbs that people might take or the other desperate measures that they'll take if they don't have the herbs to take, she said. Morgan is also concerned about her 20-year-old daughter getting exposed to this misinformation on social media. Quote, I didn't tell her you can rely on this. You can't let your friends rely on this. Morgan said, if you guys need help, come talk to me. Rebecca, who is from New York, said she tried to give herself an abortion at age 15 by using pennyroyal and tansy, which she bought at a local store. She said she didn't have any money or means for transportation to get a surgical abortion. Rebecca said, so she looked up information on various herbs, including abortifacants in the encyclopedia. Quote, it just made me really sick, she said. I remained pregnant and I ended up having to procure a medical abortion. Rebecca said she hopes if her son and their partners ever need to end a pregnancy, they'll come to her for assistance instead of taking advice from the internet. Mm -hmm. Combating misinformation on herbal abortions. Even social media posts reacting to misinformation may further spread those falsities rather than raise awareness about safe abortion options, according to Nina Reddy, the outreach coordinator for Access Reproductive Care Southeast. The organization provides funding and support to people in the South who are seeking abortions or other women's health services. Reedy says local organizations like her still plan to aid people in getting safe abortions, even those living in states with bans by helping them secure funding, transportation, and escort services. I feel like I wanted to read this because right now it's so important, just because yeah. like the fuck is going on with our country. Right. Quote, they say, if the common narrative out there is that the first resort, if Roe is gutted for a person to have an abortion is to harm themselves or have an unsafe abortion, then it's going to set us back years and years, Ready said. It's so important to get information out there. Even though she's devout in her career to alternative healing remedies, James also said that she doesn't want anybody to think it's appropriate or safe to use herbs for abortions. We need chemical and medical abortions available because these herbs won't do it, she said. TikTok, where some videos on the topic have racked up millions of views, has blocked several hashtags relating to herbal abortions in the last two weeks. In an email, TikTok spokesperson said that the platform is, quote, taking action on the content that violates our community guidelines on medical misinformation. TikTok said it is removing content and redirecting relevant research results for the hashtag hashtag herbal abortion, hashtag penny royal abortion, hashtag mugwort abortion. Um, when this was written that Friday, many of the videos that contain these hashtags were removed. And then on YouTube that Thursday also said it would take a tougher line on abortion-related misinformation. The video platform said it would start removing videos and other content with instructions for unsafe abortion methods or false claims about abortion safety. Hmm. And also, I heard that Etsy was taking down sellers' items that included uh, Penny Royal in it. Not, mm -hmm. not even like a tea, not even like a herb to ingest or anything like that. Somebody was selling Hex the Patriarchy candles, I believe, with Penny Royal as an ingredient. Oh, and wow. just burning it that was also banned so they're cracking down it's a it's a crazy line mm -hmm. like yeah <laughs> what the fuck option do we have i know really oh man so that is it in a nutshell guys that's mugwort for you um i love this episode this was a funny one like there was it was fun yeah yeah this is great i'm glad um, you picked it i'm glad you have your baby muggins my baby, baby muggins, muggins. My baby muggins. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, maybe I'll try it in a dream pillow. Maybe I'll try it in a bath. Maybe I could try making a salve. The possibilities are endless. Uh, and who knows? Maybe I'll dry some. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll smoke <laughs> it in Salem, Christina. <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm just saying. It's not illegal. I'm just saying. Yeah. Not saying. Just saying. Um, so guys, check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Magnolia Street Podcast. Leave us a written review. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a written review. We'd love to know who's listening in. And if you're on Spotify, leave us a star rating. Uh, you can email any comments or questions to magnoliastreetpodcast at gmail.com. And where can our potential patrons go uh, support us, support the podcast? You want to support the podcast and maybe get Justina and I to Salem for possibly a meet and greet, possibly a live show? I don't know. Go to patreon.com slash Magnolia Street Podcast where we have tiers ranging from $1 to $15. You can get yourself a shout out. You can get in on all of our patron-only polls where you help us decide what episodes we're going to do. Help us decide what song episodes you get. You get behind-the-scenes stuff. You get after-hours posts. You also get access to our Facebook group where you get early previews of what shows we're doing. You get those little clips. But you also get access to the Discord where we host watch parties we do our lives we can just interact a little more intimately and we also have our eight dollar tier which you can get our the full song episodes we do our full songs for the, our practical magic album we're trying to produce yeah we got one coming up right a song episode we got a song episode coming up in yeah. a couple weeks yep and we're not gonna tell you what it is because you gotta go patreon fucking find out yeah, but we have find out we have a <laughs> lastly a 15 dollar tier that is our marco polo group where we can talk we have we just talk about our gardens all the time but it's nice to get to check in personally with our patrons and get to know you so much deeper so yeah. we appreciate everybody who's over on our patreon thank you for supporting us yeah thank you so much i hope you feel more confident with your plant now uh a little bit i'm still kind of like erring on the side of caution but curious a healthy ca ca cautious but curious exactly yes that's like the that. perfect way to describe it my name is christina I'm Justina. We'll see you next time. <laughs> At that house down the street. At that house on Magnolia Street. Would you go down to Magnolia Street with the wisteria girl? Dude, fuck, fuck Zoom for interrupting my goddamn story. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>